everybody, it's uh, Mark Salcido here alongside my uh, co-host. Kelsey. Hi. Loisel. Loisel. <laughs> Hi is my middle name. Hi, yeah, Kelsey. Hi, Loisel. Um, you're wondering why we are at the beginning kind of talking instead of like, you know, the standard intro. Um, that's because uh, this episode later on, we announce uh, our new our episode for the next week which would have been uh, a recent review of Death of Me uh, and Time Crimes. That was a geriatric cinematic was Time Crimes. Well, we got an announcement that Netflix is doing this really kind of interesting movie that we think would be way better uh, to talk about. We're going to do uh, Vampires versus The Bronx. Mm-hmm. Um, the trailer of that dropped... Uh, just this past Monday and immediately I was like yo we're gonna do this one instead Mm -hmm. and with that our geriatric cinematic is gonna be 1972's Blackula (laughs) Kelsey you wanna you wanna tell me what was your thought process when I showed you the trailer for this I mean I loved Vampires vs. the Bronx Uh, that trailer because I was like okay like this hasn't really been done mm -hmm. you know or if it has it's only for black people and white people didn't watch it, you Mm -hmm. know, like whatever. But Blackula, I started watching the trailer and I was like, this is stupid. I want to watch it. (laughs) Did you even finish the trailer? No, I didn't finish the trailer. (laughs) You're like, because I was working and uh I was like, I don't have time for this nonsense. I'm just going to watch it later. (laughs) Like I want to watch it later. Yeah. So, uh, when we get closer towards, or when you get close to the end of the show, um, like I said, we announced Death of Me along with Time Crimes. Just ignore that. Um, and uh, just so you can get ready, watch uh, Vampires vs. the Bronx. That's streaming on Netflix October 2nd. And you can stream uh, Blackula, the 1972 black, black exploitation film. Uh, it's streaming on Amazon Prime on Shutter, or you can rent it on YouTube, uh, Google Play, or you can rent it on just Amazon. I think it's like two ninety nine or something like that. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I really can't wait to show Kelsey Blackula. I can't wait. I feel like I'll want to drink while we watch it. <laughs> I think Except we- now I can't. <laughs> oh, yeah, you can't even drink vodka. I can't drink vodka straight. You can just put a little bit of soda water. <laughs> no. <laughs> Oh yeah, Kelsey's Kelsey's on a Kelsey joined me on this keto diet diet <laughs> this keto diet. Yeah, and I've done this before ten years ago, and I felt fine and lost weight. And mm-hmm. this time, this is fucking the end of day one, and I want to actually, literally, I'm trying not to cry. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> you know, uh, it's what is it? No pain, no gain. Or in this case, no, no pain, no loss. <laughs> you know what I was thinking like twenty minutes ago. Uh huh. This diet, it, the way I, it, it's making me feel, uh-huh. is like retribution for all the shit I ate. <laughs> like, you ate all that shit. I know. This girl Jr. The and- more you fucking ate, the worse you're going to feel. You deserve it, you fucking gluttonous bitch. That's, that's what I was thinking. Oh, my God. I gotta get out of here before she murders me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not angry today. Uh, but I also, today. No, I honestly feel like I can't hear things right. Oh, okay. Yeah, this is your body just adjusting. You'll trust me. In a, in a couple of days, you'll be you'll be fucking great. Hopefully, good. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
so yeah uh yeah so just remember uh next week uh, or next week's show we're going to be reviewing vampires versus the bronx uh, that's streaming on netflix and geriatric cinematic will be 1972's blackula uh streaming on amazon prime shutter uh, order rent youtube google play and amazon um regular amazon i feel like i want to kind of put that out there uh the topic for that episode will be motherfuckers finna suck your blood that'll be our topic (laughs) i helped come up with that (laughs) yes thank you kelsey (laughs) okay and uh so with that um i'm gonna leave you guys and on with the show Welcome to the Real Appeal Podcast. This is your host, Kelsey Loizel, and with me today is my co-host, Mark Salcedo. Hey, Mark Salcedo. What the fuck is that noise? I'm in a... Uh, oh, that's of, my fan. Yeah, one of the computers. Ah, fuck it. All right, we'll keep that one in. <laughs> Mark is paranoid today. Yes, hi. About all the sounds. Hi, in everybody. The world. Yeah, all the voices. Can't stop. Can't stop. Won't stop. Um, you know, hmm. sometimes I think that all my bad jokes, mm. like you think I'm out like from outer space or something. I don't need the jokes for that. <laughs> well, I'm here to tell you, mm-hmm. I don't really come from outer space. <laughs> Just in case you thought I did. Mm-hmm. Okay. Where do you come from? I don't know yet. <laughs> I'll get back to you when I oh figure it out. Oh, my God. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. All right, all right, all right. All right. We have the ability for you to see us mm. on social medias. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, Facebook and Twitter and Instagram at The Real Appeal with two E's and real. Um, you can email us at therealappeal at gmail.com. Please review us on iTunes. Um, my screen just went dark. Um, it's playing death metal music. I know. <laughs> she went dark. What? Um, my my thing's not plugged in, too. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Um, okay. Anyways, um, this week on our segments, we've got our recent review of Tenant. We have our variety time which is a trip down Lovecraft Lane, which is what we normally do uh, while the show's going. And our geriatric cinematic is 12 Monkeys from 1995. But especially exciting for today, we have our friend from across the pond. James! We got our buddy James! Hello! <coughs> Hello! Hello! <laughs> How you doing, man? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you for having me back. It's been a long time. Too long. Yeah, it's changed. Yeah, it's been like, what, well over a year since we saw each other? It was, yes. yes. Yeah, it was July of last year. Yeah. So it's been more than 12 months. (sighs) It feels so much longer. It does. Your beard is telling me that it's been so much longer. (laughs) Yes, yes. (laughs) (laughs) 
I tried growing one, didn't work out. <laughs> yeah, I think because your beard would put my beard to shame. That's why I don't grow one because I don't want to make you cry. <laughs> yeah, you always do anyway. Well, I don't need beard another excuse. What was that, James? <laughs> beard insecurities. Yeah, uh, I'm constantly mas- what's it? Mas- emasculated. 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 Yeah. All right, there That's you go. It. You finally learned how to shoot a weapon, though. <laughs> yeah, uh. <laughs> I'm still terrified to shoot one, but I learned it. I mean, it's the most American thing to do is to shoot a gun. Yeah. Well, I came on holiday to Vegas, and that's the first thing I did. Oh, to shoot a gun, really? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just got off the airplane. Where's my gun? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was an eye-opening experience, so I'll uh, tell you that. Yeah. Uh, so uh, what you been up to, man? Um, yeah, not a lot. Um Basically, just staying at home as most people are these days. Uh, between that and work, but uh, yeah, unfortunately, not a great deal can happen now over here. They've closed the pubs from ten from ten o'clock onwards in the evening, so I got to be home now. Okay, now for our audience, James, who haven't listened to the Comic Con episode, you're from uh, is it? It's England, right? Or London? I keep always interchanging. Uh, London is not a country. Okay, England. England, yes. Okay. Yes, I'm from England. A little town, Shropshire. Oh. Okay. Shropshire. Sorry. <laughs> um, that made me think of that time where we accidentally bumped into those people when we were at the planetarium. That was still one of the weirdest experiences of my life. <laughs> Wait, was I privy to that to that event? Yeah, I no, I no, we you weren't we, there. We, no, we've mentioned it on the podcast. But, um, oh, okay. Yeah, like, I wasn't... You were busy or you were working or something. Yeah. And so I decided to take a day off and go. And show James around and stuff. Right? Yeah. And we went to the Griffith Observatory and then there were these people and there was a mom and her two kids in line behind us mm-hmm. and they were from his town. Oh, <laughs> from my town. <laughs> oh, shit. That was the weirdest experience ever. I can't escape. <laughs> you can't escape your town. No matter where you are, your t- someone from your town will be yeah. there. That's it. Yeah, it's like right next to us as well. It's so weird. <laughs> um, so I kind of want to talk about because uh, you and I follow each other each other on Instagram, and I want to f- mm-hmm. talk to you about your your photography. What, what's up with that? How'd you get into that? Um, well, I've always enjoyed taking photos, but at the beginning of this year, I, I, I kind of had one of those. Uh, this is going to be a new me type years, and I thought, you know. I'll get a camera and I'll try and do it properly. And uh, I started and then the world stopped, unfortunately. <laughs> but I thought that might be the best time to get out there and do it sort of thing. Fortunately, mm. it's not a great deal to take photos of in my town. And everything I have seen to take photos of, I've now probably got about 100 photos of each. <laughs> but, um, You're actually really yeah, no, good I, at it, though. <laughs> thank you. I... I, I've tried to pick up as much tips and tricks as I can, but um, yeah, I, thankfully I, the camera does a lot of the work. I mm. just press a button. What like, is it? Ooh, that looks nice. <laughs> what is it like a typical like a like a DSLR camera or? Yeah, yeah, Canon. Yeah. Okay, right on. Yeah, I got a Canon myself. Mm. Yeah, I, I wish I had it last time when I was with you guys. It'd been great just to go around with you and just take pictures. You don't have to wish because when things open up, you will come back and you'll bring it. I will. Damn, I will. I so, will bring it. You're so demanding. 
<laughs> it's so weird hearing James say that. I will bring it. He's like, I will bring I it. I will bring it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a challenge. Like he's gonna walk to your door and be like, "Dance off right now." I brought it. I don't think I've ever said that before. <laughs> um. I don't know. I think that's all I have for James right now to kind of catch up. <laughs> There's not a whole lot because of the pandemic. Oh, actually, yeah. You know what? How are how are things on your side uh, on the pandemic? You said like the pubs are closed, but what else has been closed down? Or house? Like, you're, um, are you still working? I'm I'm still working, but last week the prime minister asked anybody who can work from home to go back to work from home, mm-hmm. which is a complete turnaround because two weeks before he wanted everybody back in the office. So it's got a lot worse in a very short space of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, people seem to think it's correlating with the uh, kids going back to school because they went back about two weeks ago. And since then, everything's gone up. The R number, the infection rates. Jesus. So, and yeah, also, they've, they've like, taken some more steps. It's weird that he chose that exact moment to tell everyone to go back to work. Like, why don't you phase it a little bit? If you, if the kids are going back yeah. to school, why don't you wait like a month before you tell everyone to go back to work? Mm. It, it, yeah, I think it is more the kids are going back, so parents don't have to look after them now. They can get back, sort of thing. Yeah, I think that's what he was thinking. He, he's. It, it seems to be like the prime minister's biggest concern is all the small businesses related to sort of office workers like the local cafes and things like that mm. that's where his mind is coming from keeping independent businesses going but uh it's kind of backfired i think that's kind of funny how the prime minister is worried about independent business and our and trump over here is worried about like the mega corporation business instead of like independent yeah. businesses <laughs> Shit. yeah <laughs> yeah no yeah it's 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 uh Bad times for all. <laughs> over your side, oh god! I'm glad I'm not over there. Sometimes, no offense. No, none taken. Um, there was a. I remember there was a story you wanted. I don't know if you still want to talk about how Ryan Reynolds wanted to buy a soccer team. He wants to buy a soccer team, but not just any soccer team. One of the lowest soccer teams you can get. It's almost one step up from the people who play it in the park on a Sunday. Oh, shit. So, <laughs> so and I'm sure people, if anybody from Wrexham should be listening, they'll probably be very upset that I said that. But, um, <laughs> They're going to come to your house with pitchforks yeah. and shit now. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> like our, our, our town has a bit of a local rivalry with them, but our town has a local rivalry of every town that isn't our town. Um, <laughs> so at least but, you're safe uh, yeah, in your bubble. <laughs> No one will attack you. Yeah, town. that's it. No, no, that's it. We're <laughs> our own independent. We, we had a law in this town that you could legally shoot a Welshman with a crossbow, and I think that law is still going. Are you serious? Yeah, on a, on a certain bridge, on a certain day of the year, you can legally <laughs> kill a Welshman. Apparently. Like the purge. Apparently. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Apparently. I, I don't know if that's still true. I, I think heard I, it many years ago. I have Welsh ancestry, according to my mom, which may or may not be true. Don't don't visit on that day. <laughs> I'm mostly French. I don't know if you guys like the French any better. Don't visit <laughs> that day. <laughs> yeah. No, we like the French. Oh, okay. Awesome. Um, yeah. So that's it for James for t- now. Joking. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having me, guys. <laughs> Uh yeah okay well you know James we know it's it's late over there there's like about a, what eight hour time difference correct 
Yeah. There is. Yeah. So, I mean, Kelsey and I, we definitely want to say thank you for, for hopping on the podcast. Um, yeah. We've been wanting to get you on for a while, but I thought like, hey, what's a good film James and I and Kelsey can talk about? Oh, wait, Tenet by a British director. Yeah, totally. You yeah. Know. I didn't know. It's, he was it's really just about the only film that's come out. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> you know Christopher Nolan's British? Nah. Yeah, he's, he's, he's. I didn't even yeah. know Robert Pattinson was. Oh, that's how good his acting what? is. <laughs> he's not British. Well, no. He's vengeance. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, okay, the funny thing is. Actually, I'll just save it for the segment. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'll just save it. Okay. Uh, yeah, so what segment is that? What segment are we going to. So gonna? we don't have the news because uh, yeah. we talked with James. Um, so we're just going to jump right into our recent review of Tenet. All I have for you is a word. Tenet. It'll open the right doors. Some of the wrong ones, too. Use it carefully. To do what I do, I need some idea of the threat we face. As I understand it, we're trying to prevent World War III. I'm not saying I'm again here. No. Something worse. I gather you have an interest in a certain Russian national. Mike's bring me in. You really want to know? He can communicate with the future. Time travel? No. Inversion? Name it and pull the trigger. You're not shooting the bullet. You're catching it. I've seen too much. Well, we'll try and keep up. Uh, the synopsis is, armed with only one word, Tenet, and fighting for the survival of the entire world, a protagonist journeys through a twilight world of international espionage on a mission that will unfold in something beyond real time. Directed and written by Christopher Nolan, it stars John David Washington, Robert Pattinson, Elizabeth Debicki, uh, no, Debicki? Uh, Dimple... Capadia mm-hmm. and Kenneth Branagh. Kenneth Branagh, that is correct. Yay. <laughs> okay. All right. So we're gonna. I, I want to start off with uh, James, James's opinion of Tenet. Tenet, right? Tenet. 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 Yeah. Okay. It's hard um, to say it without the end. <laughs> well, see. I have this thing with Christopher Nolan films. I really need to see it more than once to appreciate it. And Tenet was no different. I really enjoyed it, but I do need to watch it again just to wrap my head around it. There's a lot there that I need to rewatch and uh, re-examine. Yeah, I, I kind of feel the same same way. Um, <clears throat> Kelsey and I saw it the night prior before this recording, and we talked about it for like what like an hour just trying to like yeah. figure out what the fuck was going on um and i woke up the next morning i was like i think i need to go watch it again but i don't have a whole lot of time so maybe <laughs> <No>. <laughs> and last night you were yeah. like i don't think i want to watch it again <laughs> yeah it, 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 it i need to be able to just 
pause it, think about what's going on, and then carry on watching it. <laughs> and then you like look back at notes and shit like that. Like, okay, that yeah. makes sense. It takes all the fun out of watching a movie. <laughs> well, oh, yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, is there anything particular that might have stuck out for you without going into the spoilers? Um, well, one of the thoughts I had, strangely, was I thought, this is a really good James Bond film if you take out all the sci-fi. That's what I'm hearing a lot of comparison to. Like, I saw a review saying it's James Bond on acid or something like that. Yeah, that's it, yeah. It's like the classic spy thing. you got all the set pieces and a good villain in Kenneth Branagh. And, um, <laughs> but yeah, no, uh, like the, 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 so we're actually saying, like, say it's some of the, um, the, the highway chase scene, which I think has been in the trailers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The bit, the bits there, that, that really, I thought, you know, what, this, is, this is actually really good. It's, um, mm-hmm. yeah, no, it's really good. I can see. You seem um, kind of perplexed. You're like, you're like, um, it's good, <laughs> but I don't know what's good about it, but it's good. <laughs> yeah <laughs> no the, the, i love the, the cast they were great but yeah uh kelsey what did you what did you think about it you're not a, much of a nolan fan you've only seen like what inception pr- the prestige i like i liked the prestige yeah i remember we we did the, that a couple uh, weeks ago inception was good then i show i could have oh and i showed you memento i remember memento, showing you that i was okay on i like the concept i think it was a little dated oh okay so um, what did you think of uh, what did you think of the latest Nolan film? Let me talk about Robert Pattinson first. <laughs> <laughs> he sounded like an American trying to do a British accent. Like his accent kept coming and going, and I feel like because he's done so many American accents mm-hmm. that it's starting to affect his actual accent. Okay. Okay. So he it did kept- sound a bit. See, he did sound a bit over the top British at some points. And then there were other yeah. times where it was gone. Mm. Yeah, I, I was I was I was reading an interview about Pattinson and how he was doing his he was doing his accent. And of course that's not his actual British accent, but he says like he can't really do his real British accent in any film, even if like it requires it. Um, to speak in that kind of dialect. Uh, because he he feels that like that is too fake. His his own accent's too fake. And, well, like Tom Hardy. <laughs> yeah, Tom Hardy's accent's really weird. Like whenever I hear him in a movie, Venom. I don't know what his accent was in that. Oh god, that movie! Holy shit! That no one so knows bad. even what that movie was. <laughs> <laughs> Sony, Sony, Sony knows what it was. Dollar signs. That's all they saw. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, but as far as it being a Christopher Nolan film. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I thought about it. Yeah. Uh, I was mostly sitting there quiet because kind of like, what the fuck? Like, what the fuck's going on? Yeah. Like, I don't know what's going on. And, uh. and, and sometimes I like not knowing what's going on mm-hmm. because I can figure it out and think about it and everything. Yeah. You like, a, excuse me, you like a puzzle while, yeah. while watching. Yeah, absolutely. This was like if you got a 5,000-piece puzzle and you're expected to put it together in, like, two hours. <laughs> with no picture. With no, yeah, with no picture. And then, uh, you know, the two hours is up and you're like, I have, like, three <laughs> hand-sized chunks of the puzzle done. Um, and none of them go together, so... Yeah. Okay. 
That's it. <laughs> like, I the, some of the things about the movie were cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I did bring up last night. I was like, you know, the issues we had with Atomic Blonde. Yeah, the shiny penny. And I call uh, yeah, yeah the I called it the shiny penny syndrome. Yeah, yeah. Because she's gorgeous. Most people have an affinity for like the '80s style and stuff. Is something really cool about it, especially when it's like more higher level model type stuff. Um, she's a female spy. Mm. There's a kick-ass track fight scene that she does. Track shot, yeah. Um, you know, so it's like they had a lot of cool elements, but it was trying too hard. And um, for Atomic Blonde, right? Yeah, and, mm. but it was trying too hard, mm. and I felt like Tenet wasn't trying too hard um and it wasn't trying to be something that it wasn't mm, okay. so i was i wasn't mad at it like i was at atomic i really i was so mad about atomic blonde i'm so mad they're making a sequel <laughs> like i'm like why like i was angry i was actually angry after <laughs> i watched that movie you gotta contact the director and be like why why <laughs> i was really angry um this one, uh, like, has some of the same pitfalls where it's like, they're not they're not trying too hard and they're not, um, they're not trying to uh, sell you like some bullshit. Like they're not doing this. They're not essentially doing the the shiny penny. Yeah, they're not doing the shiny penny thing. So I'm not angry at it. Mm-hmm. I just, it was hard to follow. So I mm. don't get it. That, like I kind of get some of it, but then you start to think about ways that you can figure it out. Mm-hmm. And then you'll think of something that gets in the way of you figuring it out. Like, no, wait, that can't work. Yeah, and I find that interesting because normally whenever you and I watch, like, really complex films like that, mm-hmm. you are, like, one or two steps ahead of me, mm-hmm. like, figuring stuff out. And I was actually kind of shocked that you were just like, I didn't know what was going on for, like, some of that movie. No, I get to a point where if it's too complex, mm-hmm. I can't help it. It's like when, you t- when you're talking to people, mm-hmm. maybe, like, my daughter, um, when they're going on and on and on and you start tuning them out <laughs> and it just like i think i did that with this movie like i think that was the exact opposite of what nolan was trying to accomplish <laughs> start tuning him out i was like uh, i'm like okay i don't understand this and then all of a sudden we're somewhere else i'm like okay i think and i can't rewind it so like i tried I, I, to pay attention but they were like and i did for most of it but there were times where i was just like i can't, i just hmm. can't I don't know what's going on, so and then I'm just like not paying attention. I was kind of like that when I was thinking two scenes ago, whilst another scene was going on. Yeah, (laughs) I was always sort of thinking two scenes back, trying to figure out that one and not paying enough attention to the next one, sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was almost like um, it was almost like if he was uh, like in like the kind of picture like in script format, like he was typing the like the dialogue or like the scene direction. But every third or fourth word, he just like left as a blank and just kept doing that like over and over and over throughout mm. the movie until like um, it like came back until we're like, oh, OK, that's what that meant. That's what this meant. But wait, what? I forgot what happened er- like earlier in the movie. Yeah. And then I ended up telling you, too, like you ever go. I know people you do this in school. Sometimes it's a game you play or they play like baby shower games. You get a box mm-hmm. full of like items. OK. And then you have, like, 30 seconds to memorize as many items in the box as possible. Mm -hmm. And then they take the box away, and you have two minutes to write down as much as you can remember. Mm. 
then they bring the box back, right? Yeah. And you're like, oh, I forgot about all of this other stuff. I felt like <laughs> Tenet was like that. Like, mm-hmm. like they give you bits and pieces, and by the time you get to the end of the movie, you don't remember half of the stuff that was in the beginning of the movie. Yeah, that's true. I, I, I feel the same way. Mm. Um, my take on it is like... Um, I mean, for anybody who's listening who knows me personally, like I'm a huge like Christopher Nolan fan. I've I've enjoyed about I'll say ninety percent of his movies, and I say ninety because that ten percent goes to Interstellar. But I'm just like I did not like that. Um, so obviously this one, anything that's like you know Christopher Nolan's next film, I'm already like boom. How, what? Here's my ticket. I don't even know. You'll watch the trailer once. No, if that's that. if I have to. If I have to watch the trailer <laughs> once, I will. If I don't have to, I completely avoid it. Like, <laughs> there have been numerous times Kelsey and I were sitting down in the theater before they closed up, and, like, you see the uh, Tenet trailer, and I'm, like, closing my eyes and, like, rubbing my fingers in my ear, like, la, 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 not hearing it, not hearing it, and everything. <laughs> um, so, obviously, like, I was looking forward to this. Um, and I know, like, Nolan's films, they either are, like, really good or, like, okay, they, they, they are two ways, not two, I'll say, like, two groups. There's the one group that either really likes them or does not like them at all, or, like, they really like it, and it's just, like, meh. And this one, to me, it's, like, straight up meh Yeah. on it. Um, and I'm kind of, like, disappointed because I... You know, I kept hearing it's like a obviously it's a heist film, and I think about it, he seems to have a lot of heist films, um, but that it was going to involve some form of time travel or something like that. I was like, okay, cool, let's hear about it. And I'm hearing about like how the budget's like super crazy. He had to like crash an actual like 747 and everything, all for it. And of course, um, John David Washington's in it, and mm. that dude's a phenomenal actor. So I was just like, all right, yeah, Chris. Uh, I'm about to say Chris Pratt. <laughs> Robert Pattinson's in it. All right, cool. Totally in it. I like Robert Pattinson's acting. You know, people get past the fucking Twilight era, please. Um, and I was pretty disappointed. It was mm. like, it was mm. complex without having to be too fucking complex. I'm t- and I'm tired, yeah. like, of the whole, and I'm not going to give it away, but the villain was great, mm-hmm. but his whole subplot was disappointing. Mm. To me, it was. It was very, um, very predictable. Like, it just is, it always seems to be the same thing. Yeah. I, I felt, Like, his whole motivations for doing things is kind of, okay. Yeah, I kind of felt the same way with the subplot. Um, because, like, they were, they kept saying, like, the world's going to end. Or it's like some, some catas- mm. catastrophic thing. So worse than, like, nuclear war. Okay, cool. And then you find out, like, it's really not that cat. I mean, it is catastrophic, but like the mm. the 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 lighting point or whatever the spark that sorry said. I'm just like, oh okay, just kind of because of one dude, mm-hmm. nothing yeah. special. Yeah, I wanted aliens. Give me my aliens. Joking. <laughs> 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 um, so James, um, you were. I mean, without trying to give a spoiler, um, you were saying about the the highway scene was pretty good, correct? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the action scenes, I thought, were really inventive. Mm-hmm. Like, all of them with the whole uh, manipulation of time and things like that. Like, yeah, it is, um, the action was, I'd say, is really well done, some of the fight scenes and choreography. Mm-hmm. Trying to work forwards and backwards sort of thing. Yeah. It's got to be hard to do. Yeah, it almost kind of came off um, like a straight-up video game. 
Mm. Yeah, there were times that I I told you that because I was Mm. like, um, there was a time where the villain was talking almost like in a monologue type of way, like Mm -hmm. most of the way through the film. And I was like, this sounds like Need for Speed. (laughs) Like, you know, they would have those cut scenes. And you would have, like, the FBI agent telling mm-hmm. you when you're, like, if you're, like, need for speed, undercover or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, you would have, like, the female FBI agent telling you, you know, you have, like, these bosses in this area that you have to defeat. And this is what their plan is. Like, he, it felt really, it felt like a cutscene in a video game like that. Hmm. I, I, I don't play a lot of need for speed. So, I was just like, why is she going there? <laughs> because yeah, I like I, I don't relate speed. either. What was that, James? I don't relate to that conversation either, unfortunately. <laughs> you guys are, are missing out, I'm telling you. Or need, no Need for Speed? I miss Need for Speed so bad. Oh, my God. That was my jam since, like, the original PlayStation. I think Is that have... based on the hit film starring Aaron Paul? <laughs> <laughs> no. No. no, the Aaron Paul film was made off the video game. <laughs> what? Yeah. I. <are> <laughs> No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Oh, okay. I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> it's okay if you thought that for real, though, because that happens to me all the time, and it just makes the show happier. <laughs> oh yeah, like how you thought. <laughs> we don't think you're dumb if you thought that for yeah. real. It, it, like that time where. Because uh, honestly, wait, wait. Honestly, you said Aaron Paul, and I was thinking he meant Paul Walker, so I was laughing for a different reason. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> So I thought he was talking about you took the joke to a whole other level. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're no. He wasn't. We're, he, wasn't he wasn't talking about family. No, our family. Our Vin Diesel says it. No, <laughs> um, no. That that actually reminds me of that story um, where you didn't know Fresh Prince. Of, Fresh Prince of Bel Air started as like a hip hop artist before he became an actor. You're like, oh, he does music too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> Um, okay. Uh, yeah, so I think we're going to go ahead and jump into the spoiler section because, I mean, you can't really talk about a Christopher Nolan film without, like, spoiling, spoiling the, fuck it, in, yeah. the fuck out of it. Even though we spent, I think, like, 20 minutes giving our general um, idea of how we feel about the film. Uh, so for the folks who has not made the dangerous trek of going out to a theater um, and who has not seen Tenet yet... Uh, we're going to give you guys a spoiler bumper uh, in a few seconds. I don't know why I'm jabbering. I don't know why you're giving, you're already doing it. I know, so right? you might as well say right about now. Like yeah, I know, I know. Okay, but for, for all those who have seen Tenet <laughs> and everything, you know, just hop on into the room with us. And uh, yeah, here's a spoiler bumper. On, Kelsey. Did you miss all of that dancing? <laughs> no, I saw. Okay. You look you were looking away when I looked like you were like, I'm not watching. <laughs> I was I was grooving myself. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, it's really catchy. Yeah. Uh okay, so James, what um since you're our, our guest, what did you, what give us your true thoughts on on uh on Tenet. I actually felt 
it's one of those times when you look at a film and think that was the perfect runtime for a film. This is one where I sort of looked and thought, I feel it should have been a mini series, yes. just to mm-hmm. go into it so much more because it felt like a very quick film, jumping around, not really stopping to explain. I felt it could have been told better over a, a mini series format. Um, just, just really to slow down and explain a bit more of the science and things like that. I partially uh, I disagree with you on that. Um, oh. I agree that it should have been a miniseries. I disagree that it felt short. Ah. It felt like it just kind of, I was just sitting there like, okay, when are you going to end? I think because you started tuning it out. <laughs> I did. <laughs> um <laughs> I think it would have been a great miniseries um, mm. if they could delve into it a little bit more. Yeah, they kind of like when it came to the science of the machine or the inverse machine or whatever, or even how like a lot of the inverse stuff works, they kind of just like glossed over it super quick. Mm. Um, especially yeah. like at that scene where John David Washington is like with that scientist talking about like the bullets and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I still have like a hundred questions of like how. Like, how does that bullet work or how do you activate it or anything like that? It's I don't know. I kept thinking, like, they were going to explain, like, you have to use your mind and concentrate on it or some shit like that. But then, like, it would just happen. Yeah. 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 Did you find that confusing, too? I, I really did. And I was expecting the, the character to that, the scientist character to keep coming back. And, like, that was it. That was her whole scene. She explained. And then I was like, OK, on your way. And I was like. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's go back a few steps here. (laughs) (laughs) I think there was supposedly, um, it seemed like he went through some training before he, like, went on that mission. Because that was the whole purpose of him going out to the floating uh, wind turbines. Yeah, yeah. Um, But they didn't really do the typical montage that you would normally see. So I feel like, you know, you were supposed to maybe deduce that he was doing some Mm. extra training or something. Um, well, that's kind of funny because his extra training seemed like just doing like pull-ups. I know. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. um, you had to get them gains. <laughs> but while he was with the scientist, I kind of figured like it was weird because the bullets don't need anything other than that they have that inverted radiation on it mm-hmm. to work. Mm-hmm. So then why was he needing that dishwashing looking glove on his hand to like <laughs> you know pull the bullet back into his hand yeah yeah i'd imagine it's it's great for cleanup like if you have to like get rid of a bullet just like reverse that shit like oh there you go Pulls back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, james was there any uh you said that the you had mentioned that the cast was 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 good right so what was is there anybody in the cast that really like stuck out for you well, John David Washington was was great. <laughs> like I say, I've only ever seen him in um, Black Klansman, and I thought he's he's made the a great leap into leading man status already. Mm-hmm. And um, and there was times that I thought he's 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 doing his best Bond here at times, seducing <laughs> yeah. um, seducing the ladies. Um, yeah. And um, Robert Pattinson again. I, I'm really starting to come around to Robert Pattinson. Uh, I did. I, I was one of the guilty people who um, actually wrote him off many years ago when he was in Twilight. But mm. everything since then just shows how wrong I and many people were. Yeah, that's funny because like a lot of people, they just 
I even have a friend of mine who's like, I, I don't like Robert Pattinson because of Twilight. And I keep and I always tell everybody, like, go watch Good Times. Like, watch Good Times and, mm. like, you will be, like, fully amazed by, like, this dude's level of acting and stuff like that. Even um, his movie with Cronenberg was, I think it's called, like, Cosmopolis or something mm. like that. Cosmopolis? Cause, yeah, yeah, I think it's, like, Cosmo, mm. Cosmopolis or something like that. Cosmopolis. I Fine, think. we'll have it your way. Yeah. <laughs> It's not Burger King, but sure. <laughs> um, uh, so, James, I want to I want to talk to you about um, the action. Okay, you had said like that you enjoyed the highway um, the highway action scene, and it was like really good. Um, one of the biggest problems, and I, I'll agree with you that the highway action scene was really good. Um, even like the part where they had to go back to the airport and like go back through mm. the machine, I thought that was awesome because how. Um, like when we first saw it, you know, the audience, you know, myself and everybody else are like, well, what the fuck are these guys? Why are they doing this? And everything like that. Even though I kind of had a hint that like, it's probably like him fighting himself. Um, yeah. Yeah. So like that part is like, I thought that part was great. Cause we got like a clear shot of like, who's who and what's going on. Um, but I feel like the, one of the biggest issues in the movie is like that, that, that climactic battle, that big war fight. Um, mm. with the red team and blue team and i could not tell who was who a lot of the times during the during the film i was wondering if you had yeah. that same kind of that thought process no no i did because in the film they say they're distinguished by the patches on them i thought they'd need something a lot more than that to distinguish these two teams exactly exactly i think i had to keep an eye out says wait which which way are they running now <laughs> ah right yeah that's, that's Pattinson. <laughs> 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 I'll make sure Pat this is out. And then to make it more confusing, he switched. Um, yeah. And then yeah. halfway through, so like then you're like, okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. When when they're in um, right trying to get through the locked gate at the end during that, I thought, well, it's kind of obvious who that guy lying on the floor is going to turn out to be. Yeah. Um, which that that's the thing that to me that opens up a lot of questions of like, how do he get in there? Mm, which yeah. which I never got a full explanation for. Or Kelsey and I kind of figure it out, but we don't know if that's the correct one. Where Kelsey and I think that that war. Okay, my head's starting to hurt now thinking about it. <laughs> okay, uh, okay. So the red team, uh, the okay, the blue team already went in, and they went in. They come back backwards. The red team went in after the blue team. Correct. Yes, yeah. They went in 10 minutes after they sort of met. They went in 10 minutes after they went in. And I need a pen and paper. <laughs> I, think I, need to, I think I need to write this down. <laughs> they should have, like, handed those out. Like, everybody's seen Tenet, like, you know, here's a pen and no, paper. No, no, Like, they should have handed out, like, play call sheets, like in American football, with all the X's and O's and the lines. Oh yeah, so it can be like yes, yes. This is the first movie that like requires a map to figure out what the fuck is going on. Um, but yeah, I mean, because I want to open a discussion about that because that's the thing that bugs me the fuck, the, bugs me the most is Pattinson. Obviously, Pattinson is gonna die. Like we saw the body, the body springs to life and everything. How I don't understand how any of that happened. No, it, it's cause, yeah, because it's just yeah, it's so confusing. And even at the end, when he says, "Oh, I've got to go back that way," I was thinking, "Wait, hasn't that already happened?" And 
<laughs> he says I gotta go round again. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, he said he had to go around again, but like it already happens. But like, it, so is he hmm. coming back to make sure it goes correct? Or uh, maybe I don't know. Maybe I'm confusing myself now. I don't know. It's weird it, because I felt like they had like this weird Doctor Who River Song thing going on. That's exactly where my mind went. You talking about uh, Pattinson and and, and John Was- David Washington? Okay, now what do you mean by what do you mean by that? Um, for, these are for, these are for, these are for people who aren't Doctor Who fans. <laughs> I okay, so like I don't even want to think about how the logistics of Robert Pattinson still being alive and what he's doing, mm-hmm. but the whole idea of John David Washington is first meeting uh, Robert Pattinson mm-hmm. when Robert Pattinson has already known John David Washington for years. Yeah, from the future. Because they're all right, they're moving in different directions. Yeah. Um, and so in Doctor Who, you get these different variations of, you know, the Doctor yeah. throughout the years meeting um, over and over and over again River Song mm-hmm. who then you then find out he's married to but he didn't even know he was married to her because he keeps meeting her before they get married yeah um, she even, met him when he was 13th no I'm sorry River Song met Doctor well the audience meets the Doctor and River Song with 11 but they but they didn't get married until 13th Doctor correct something like that or maybe it was 12th Twelve. I think she met David Tennant first. Yeah, yeah, she met. Tennant, yeah, <laughs> she. Ah, David Tennant. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she met. Yeah, she met. Tennant I thought for, you were making a joke at first. <laughs> no, I wasn't. I, I know she, who he is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, she met Tennant first, and the well, yeah, well. T- I, Chronologically, <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> Chronologically, she met Tennant, and then she marries Smith, and then she dies with uh, Capaldi. Peter Capaldi, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm not. I'm. I'm trying to put the audio dramas out of my head because she meets like other doctors to do the audio dramas. I'm yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. I'm like, do not confuse yourself, Mark. Tennant's already doing that. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. Um, what do you, James, what did you think about that that reveal about uh, John David Washington's character from the, the what hit that the fact that he is the one who started Tenet? Um, I actually thought it was quite clever. I, I I feel like I should have suspected it going forward, but um, I, I didn't feel like there was any any sort of signs mm. leading to that. But I actually quite like that, and it, it did make me think. Cause he does make that offhanded comment about oh, we do have a lot more adventures. I thought, is he hinting at a sequel? And then we're going to see the formation of Tenet in the future. Mm. Um, but uh, you never know, Christopher. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, I, I read that. It, I read that he toyed with the idea for like ten years, uh, and he had like hmm. he. It took him like five years to write the script. He should have took another five. That's because he was writing out where everybody was. He had his football match. <laughs> X's and circles. Yeah, he had that whole setup like it's always sunny in Philadelphia with like the maps and shit yeah. like that. Like this was going on right here. The conspiracy. Yeah. And his wife was like, "Chris, stop! Just stop! Make the fucking movie already." Yeah. Chris, take the pins down from my laundry room, please. <laughs> um, I, I know for everything that we have 
we have complaints about the movie and like James, like you say, you enjoyed John David Washington and Robert Pattinson's performance, which I agree with mm-hmm. that Me completely. Too. Um, the, some of the action was good. Um, like I said, the, the, the climactic one was the most confusing one for me, but I think, I think the, my take is that the best, the best one was the, 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 I guess the sneaking back into the airport that they already crashed into. Um, yes. I thought that was great because like I said, we got more of a close up shot of what the fuck is going on. Um, especially like how he was, how David Washington was in the inverse going, fighting himself, which was cool. Um, mm. For some reason, that's the one that like I really was able to put the p- p- puzzles in. I was like, "Oh, that's why he did this. That's why he did this. That's mm-hmm. why he made this move." I felt like maybe that's just because it was more contained. Yeah, and it's, it's, that one seemed a little bit more thought out too. Mm-hmm. Um, See, oh, go I was gonna say that's actually where I got slightly confused. I thought, "Well, if he's gone in, how come there was two of them?" Yeah, well, yeah, I think because like, because remember he like he runs into that machine and the other side runs out. Mm. And shit, you know what? You just confused me. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Because <laughs> they went in one. They went in one and come out the other. And then, like, the two of them. And I was like, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> um, I thought the scene. So we really like the fight scene where he's fighting himself, John, yeah, yeah. John David Washington. Mm-hmm. But I, you could tell that it was like some of the scenes weren't working well or something so they would use the opposite one to cut some of the footage in to make it work oh yeah yeah i think that's so like he should he wasn't in reverse the entire time as one character yeah yeah because there's a couple parts where like he seemed like he was going in reverse but then he was going forward in time it was like kind of clicking back and forth like almost like a switch yeah um i will admit that when they actually took time to like to kind of pull the camera out without all this action and let you see the the world in the inverse i thought it was really cool um like that part where he like walks out of the inverse like for the first time and he like Mm -hmm. puts his foot in the in the puddle and it kind of like takes his foot out um the birds flying even like how the boat was like coming in backwards Mm -hmm. which i thought that was cool i think i heard your dog shaking his head (laughs) Yes, you did. He's, he's come to see what's going on. He's like, why aren't you in, why aren't you in bed yet? <laughs> he's like, oh, you guys talking about Tenet? He's like, I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I liked it, too. Mm-hmm. Um, the one thing that really impressed me about that whole thing where um, the one, I don't know, mercenary or army person or whatever, mm-hmm. was like telling him about being in the inverse she said you have to have your own tank of air because you can't breathe regular air when you're in the inverse. Yeah. And I thought that science sounded really impressive to me. Oh, like maybe it was thought out better. Mm. Yeah, like that makes total sense because like like I would feel like your tank would have to be full of carbon dioxide because you're technically breathing out. Oh, yeah. So then your body's exchanging like carbon dioxide into oxygen. Mm. So you can't breathe mm. oxygen. You have to... Breathe. Yeah, that's what I. That's what um, impressed me. Like out of everything, I was like, "Wow, <laughs> that makes sense." It's really, it's really nice little small touch they added in, sort of thing, just to but go was, into the science a little you, more. You would think it was a small touch, but in my mind, because I'm such a fucking nerd, I was like, "Wow, this is amazing." 
that's the thing. I think honestly, I think if I think if Nolan took, um, I think if Nolan took a little bit more time with the explaining the science of it, um, it would have definitely had worked out better. Obviously, we would have been, uh, we all three of us probably would have been able to understand it a lot better. Um, at one point, I do realize that Nolan got annoyed like while trying to figure it out because there's a particular scene where John David Washington is like asking him all these questions that like the audience would have, and Pattinson's like, "Don't try to figure it out." Yeah. Like, yeah. And this is like, all right, dude, just, just go with, just go with it. Yeah, just like, all right, dude, well, then fuck you then. Yeah. Um, <laughs> one thing, um, the actress who plays Cat. Yeah, uh, what's her name? Uh, Elizabeth uh, Debicki. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I didn't know she was the actress that's going to play Princess Di mm-hmm. in The Crown. Yes. Um, yeah. Till Mark said, and then I was more interested in her. Like she's a, <laughs> she seems like a great, like she's a good actress, mm-hmm. um, and I like how how strong she was in her role. Mm. But because of the subplot itself, mm. it was just for me, it was just a throwaway plot device, like her entire mm. existence was. Because um, I just, I hate that where it's like you have the villain who's like making his woman submissive to him and torturing her and she's trying mm. to get away. Like, mm-hmm. can you please be a little more um, creative, like imaginative mm. with that, like a little bit? Yeah, um, yeah, I, I would agree with you in that. Um, there was something that really bothered me about uh, Kenneth Brown's character. I can't fucking remember what it is now. Um, oh, it. W- <laughs> oh no! Now I remember. Now I remember. Now I remember. Okay, I think they were kind of setting up Kenneth Brana. Kenneth Brana, is it Brana? Brana. Brana. Mm-hmm. Okay. Or Brana. James, you're. What is he? Is he Brana or Bron? I, I would say Brana. Brana, okay. But, but I don't know if I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> you, well, you're, you're our, our local... Just call him Kenneth B. <laughs> Kenneth B, yeah. Or my homie Kenneth B. Kenny, <laughs> Kenny B. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. So Kenny B playing this character. <laughs> <laughs> Kenny B wildin'. <laughs> um, I, I thought even his... I don't know if Nolan did this on purpose, but his de- I know his death was supposed to be... Kenny B's death was supposed to be more satisfying because of how much of a monster he is. But his death was... To me, it felt more comical. <laughs> <laughs> when they just slide him off and he bangs his head on the way down. <laughs> yeah, you, know, you could tell like it was fake and everything. I don't know what I'm saying. They should have like really chucked him on the side and have him crack his head open. <laughs> but like... It won, it was like really out of nowhere, which actually now I think about it. Hold on, try to think about it. Okay, what's what's the what's the lady's name? Uh Elizabeth DeBecky. Okay, she like dropped all that sunscreen on the floor. No, she put it yeah. on his back. No, 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 no. Remember she she dropped it. No, no, she she was squirting squirting on the floor. Yeah, oh, and try okay, to and yeah. try to be like, oh I'm just cleaning it up. I think she knew. She was. She didn't know she was going to fucking do that. Because remember she unbuckled the wires and <laughs> she, shit? She takes the wire off, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow, that's an evil cold-blooded woman. Yeah. <laughs> I think Kelsey's like, yeah. I mean, I'm not saying he didn't she, deserve it. Well, she shot him first, so, you know, he was probably feeling that more. <laughs> <laughs> See, part of me thought, is it because she does need to make it look like an accident? Because obviously her time is still going to carry on. Yeah. Well, but it wouldn't look like an accident with a huge bullet hole in his chest. That's that's what I mean. <laughs> I think she just wanted him off the boat and it to look like mm. like he drowned or something. I mean, something. she doesn't 
Yeah, like to make she, like finish she, them off faster, right? So that like people yeah. come onto the boat. Yeah. And you know, she could be like, "Oh, this happened," and blah blah mm-hmm. blah. Uh, James, you were saying. I was gonna say she did have the perfect alibi because she was literally somewhere else at the same time. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's true. true. So she did have a good alibi. <laughs> uh, I did think it was also funny that like uh, after he fell over, so after he fell over, um, you know, Kelsey and I were at the drive-in, and you could hear somebody go like, "Oh damn!" Like, <laughs> um, but like the fact that like. She they dragged the body in the ocean, mm. like you just see him being pulled back. And instantly, I was just like, Yo, if this was like concrete, that body all fucked up, like completely. <laughs> I, I feel like they could have made Kenny B's character, I feel like it would have a better impact on the movie mm-hmm. if he had an emotional punch. Mm-hmm. Like, you start to care, like, if you could care for him mm-hmm. in a way, like. Mm-hmm. Like he's dying and he doesn't, he doesn't want like to die alone or something. Mm. You could probably build on that as opposed to no, nah, I'm just gonna kill everybody because I'm an asshole. Mm. Yeah, his thing was if I can't if I can't have her, nobody can. Her he, or anybody. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, if if it's more that he genuinely loved her, but she just didn't love him back because the monster he was, maybe something like that. Like, or if he, he was just... gonna take her with him only, and not the entire world. Hmm. Mm. Um. Uh. Oh, I was gonna say, holy shit! I completely forgot now. Um. Oh, okay. Yeah, because like his villainy, like they, like I was, I was with, I was like with. I was with Kenny B. I know he was a piece of shit, but I was still like, all right, I'm still with this villain. I'm not sorry for him, but I'm still with him. But then it started, he started coming off too villainy, like comic book villainy, when he started monologuing over the phone. And like, that, that's when I thought he sounded like it was a cutscene from. <laughs> <laughs> I totally see it now. I now see what you're talking about. <laughs> from a video game, any video game, really. Yeah. Like Prince of Persia too did that shit. Yeah, <laughs> can he be in Prince of Persia on a cell phone? <laughs> Not the first one. <laughs> you and you're know? like following all these like priests and like evil priests and shit, you know, through time. You talking about Assassin's Creed? Well, that one too, but oh. <laughs> they both did the same thing. They're almost the same video game, just in like different times. Yes, same, same studio, wasn't it? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. You should look it up, James. <laughs> <laughs> that, 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 that silence was perfect because you just hear James blink. <laughs> yes, I'm sorry. While you're thinking, you're can. like, dink, <laughs> dink. Um, I think, I don't know. I think that's about it. I mean, like, in, I mean, in the end, I did enjoy, I, I enjoyed it to an extent. Um, I didn't like it. I didn't like it less than um, Interstellar. Because like I said, that's, to me, that seems to be Nolan's like weakest film. Um, it it kind of does have the trappings where like they're they're not explaining the science enough. Actually, I take that back. It has the trappings of Inception because Inception they had the machine, but they don't explain exactly how it works. They didn't explain how dreams work, and I felt like um, if they just explained if they if Nolan took time to actually explain a little bit of the science better than like the gun scene or whatever at mm-hmm. the firing range. I think the movie would have been a lot stronger, and maybe if he cut off maybe like fifty, I, I think he could have cut off maybe like fifteen minutes off of it, mm-hmm. because there were, 
I think there was like what's there were too many too many scenes of them inside of a moving vehicle not really doing a whole lot. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, mm. I felt like they were always traveling somewhere, and like it was dark, and like one of them is sleeping or one of them is injured, mm. and they're just talking, and uh, it's not really going anywhere. Yeah. Um, so Kelsey, what's what's your what's your final say on on Tenet? I know it's gonna sound harsh, uh-huh. and I don't I don't hate the film, but also it's almost like we went to the movies, mm-hmm. and for however long the movie is, I ceased to exist, and then I came <laughs> back into existence. Like there's a space of time that does mm-hmm. not exist in my life. Damn. So in other words, you want that time back? Be careful. No, that not- could be the plot of Christopher Nolan's <laughs> next film. <laughs> No, I'm not asking for the time back. Just, you know, I'm aware that there's time missing. <laughs> and that's what I think about the film. <laughs> James, what's, what's your final say? On- <laughs> Jesus shit, Kelsey. <laughs> what's your final say on, on the movie? I, I, like I said, I, I, did, I did enjoy it. Um, I do feel like I need to watch it again to fully appreciate it, maybe. Mm. Uh, just to Just to... So now I've got the basic idea I can pick up on other things. Um, I definitely think it's not a one-time film to really wrap your head around it. But um, I don't know if that's a phrase over there, wrap your head around it. Yeah, 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 yeah it, it is. is. Oh, phew, because it sounds a bit sinister. Um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it's definitely not my favorite Christopher Nolan film, but... Um, it was, it was, it was, it was all right. I didn't feel like I'd lost too much time. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> so Christopher Nolan's not going to write, write, uh, no, yeah, my, my story isn't as interesting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah. So yeah, I think that's going to be it. What about you? You going to give your final say? Um, Oh no, like I said, I, I, I did. I enjoyed it to an extent. Um, I'm kind of with James too. I think I really do need to watch it again. I'm not going to pay to go watch it again. I will wait for it to come on like Blu-ray or some shit like that. Um, uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't mind watching it again, but I'm definitely not in a hurry to, um, I have at the end of the movie, I had a lot more questions than answered like the mechanics of everything. Like, wait, that doesn't make sense. Why is he doing this? You know, all this kind of stuff. Um, the performance, um, Robert Pattinson, yes. John David Washington, he's okay. He there are times in the movie where John, John David Washington's performance is really great. Like there's a there's a number of scenes where he gets like real, and you can see his like blackness comes out, mm-hmm. which totally like mesh well. You can tell that Nolan didn't write that into the script. Um, but there are times where it seemed like he was kind of like I don't know, like dead a bit, or it was, I don't think that it meshed well at all. Oh, okay, and it's not John David Washington's fault. I think it's more as the writing. It's the writing because yeah. the character, like you said, he seems dead. So you make the character, and if he's dead most of the time, and then all of a sudden here's his blackness, mm-hmm. like it that doesn't mesh well. Yeah, I wouldn't have mind actually seeing more of Pattinson and Washington just like conversing, just like actually just talking about shit. Yeah, instead of I don't trust mm-hmm. you. Well, I don't trust you either. Maybe I'll kill you. Maybe I won't. Yeah. Oh, hey, you know what? Now, now here, here it is. They're supposed to be friends in the future. Mm-hmm. Okay. I didn't get that connection. I barely got that connection between the two. And this the movie. end. And, yeah, towards the end. Because mm. Washington's kind of like crying, almost knowing that 
uh, Pat's character is going to die. And I was just like, I don't think that's warranted because we haven't seen you guys be like tight like that. And there could have been enough time, like when they were in the mm-hmm. uh, the the what's it called the tanker or whatever, mm-hmm. when they were like spending days together. We could have got more of them, just kind of like getting to yeah. know each other, as opposed as as opposed to Pattinson's half explaining what the fuck is going on with the inverse. Yeah, I don't know. I felt like oh, they. No, I, I, I kind of disagree a little bit. I felt like they did spend too much time with them not knowing each other. Mm-hmm. Um. But they had been through a lot, and I felt like Robert Pattinson did kind of prove himself to John David Washington, mm. and he kind of realized he could trust him. And then when he finally got that final explanation about um, their their friendship going in different directions, mm-hmm. um, like for me that was like the like the the part where it was earned. Mm, you know, okay. like, it all culminated there. Okay, okay. So, do you think in the sequel they're going to get married? Um, <laughs> they would have weird-looking babies. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> That's all I have. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, yeah, I think... I think we're going to go ahead and draw this to a, a close on this segment. Um... But, we'll, but now we're going to talk about it in reverse. <laughs> <laughs> Complete inverse this shit. <laughs> Yo, real quick. Yeah. I know. I don't know if you noticed. I'm sure you have. Mm-hmm. But you know what tenet is, right? The word itself. Yeah, it's ten forward and yeah. ten backwards. Ten. Yeah. Oh, I just thought it was the same going one way as the same going the other way. Yeah, ten forward, ten backwards. No, tenet. Spell it backwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's not ten. It's well, no. It will. Here it is. Okay, I'll blow your mind harder. (laughs) (laughs) I know that sounded so wrong. (laughs) Okay, so this this is what I read. Tenet. It's supposed to be the last ten minutes of when they were on the watch and they were Mm. synchronizing. So it's ten forward and then ten backwards. Oh, I like that a lot less. There's an actual name uh, for a word that is spelled the same way frontwards and backwards. Oh yeah, I've seen I've seen that too. Pa- palindrome. Palindrome. That, it's a palindrome. Yes. Yeah. But your explanation makes me hate it. So. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I w- sorry, <laughs> Mr. Nolan. I know Nolan's like fuck. <laughs> I know he hangs on my every word. <laughs> well, he's he's gonna do the sequel based off of that time you lost. <laughs> I watched a movie. I like went to the movies, and then all of a sudden, I was driving home. What? (laughs) What happened? (laughs) All right, cool. Um, Yeah, so that's going to be our our recent review of uh, Tenet. Um, Now we're uh, we're going to go into our next segment, right? Yeah, we're going to our next segment. James has not watched uh, Lovecraft Country. James, do they have Lovecraft Country over there? Yeah, yeah, it, it's on. I've seen the first two. Oh, okay. Um, but I'm, I'm behind, yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, well, not cool. You should definitely, like, fucking catch up. It's really I great. Can, but I can understand why you'd be behind after watching only two. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, James is going to go ahead and step out while Kelsey and I uh, talk about uh, Lovecraft Country. And what is that, Kelsey? 
Um, it is our trip down Lovecraft Lane. This week's episode is called I Am, and the synopsis is Hippolyta's relentless search for answers takes her on a multidimensional journey of self-discovery as Atticus heads to St. Louis to consult an old family friend. Directed by Charlotte Sealing, written by Shannon Houston. Of course, it stars Journey Smollett, Jonathan Majors, Anjanu, Ellis, Wunmi Mosaku. Mosaku! Uh, Abby Lee, Michael Kenneth Williams, and Courtney B. Vance. Courtney B. Vance makes a return! I was so happy to see him this episode. I know, me too. I love Courtney B. But Vance. But I felt like something was going on with his eye. Really? Like what? Like a lazy eye or some shit? No. Like, he was a burn, like he got a burn on the side of his face or something that they were covering up with makeup. Like, mm. on the right side of his face oh like a line right oh you're talking about his head or his, his eye where his eye you know how like uh. he has like the saggy eyelid thing that like when you get older you get but yeah. it just something about the right side of his face was a little more aged or something like on this part of his head yeah i didn't i didn't notice that i didn't see notice any of that i did but maybe it's because i was so happy to see him i was paying more attention like it's him. <laughs> it's him. What's wrong with your fucking eye? <laughs> uh, so yeah, this episode. Um, I I remember you were over the moon on this episode. Like this. Let, let me let me just ask you off the top. Is this your favorite episode of the season? Yes. <laughs> I I it, I probably have to agree with that. I think so far it is my favorite episode because it's 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 his most inventive and. I actually really like what they did with Hippolytus this episode. It was really fucking great. Mm-hmm. Um, but why, did, why don't you start off? Why don't you go about what you like or anything that stuck out with you? First thing that stuck out mm-hmm. for me was um, Anjanu Ellis, mm-hmm. her acting. Um, I don't know what it is about her, but it's like her character being so curious and mm-hmm. intelligent the way she talks to herself while she's trying to figure things out yeah um the same where she's like in, inside the spaceship right yeah but she's so precocious like she mm-hmm. almost turns into a child yeah when she's like being scientific or mathematical or whatever yeah it like it, i think that i think that was kind of I won't say it was funny. It was really different because I never got an inkling that she was like of that high intelligent. I'm not saying that she's a stupid woman or anything like that, but it was kind of like, whoa, holy shit. Like she got like a, her mm-hmm. IQ must have jumped like 20 points or some shit. Like I don't that. think it's that. Like I think what they really want is for you to think that she hid that part of herself mm. to be what society said she had to be. Which makes sense because that's what her whole. Uh, her whole arc is. Yeah. 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 And but every time she gets in in a room by herself and mm. she's trying to figure something out mathematically, like we saw before this episode, we saw little parts of it. Yeah. Um. And even um, George had noticed, I think, at one point. Uh, you talking about that 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 scene in the bedroom? 
where no no no, no. oh not during, the, the sh- uh, during the show during the show oh, yeah, yeah because i think she had brought to him that um solar system thing yeah 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 that's right yeah um like a while back i think or maybe it was after he died actually i my memory is a bit fuzzy about when that I solar system was, display did show up but yeah. i remember that um but I, someone was like, "Oh, you'll you'll figure it out. You're, if anyone can yeah, figure it out, you will." Yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. I remember uh, what's her name, Christina, was looking for that too. She had mentioned it in, in a past episode that she had been trying to find that thing, and Hippolyte has been holding it this entire time. Yeah. Um, but anyways, her. Um, I actually like how she becomes like a child, and, and she's mm-hmm. not like a child, childish. Yeah. Like she's not annoying, mm-hmm. but it, it's like almost like a refreshing like all of the things that have held her down as a woman as a Mm -hmm. black woman as Mm -hmm. you know whatever are gone yeah absolutely um so that's one thing i really loved Mm -hmm. um another thing is when she was in that room when she when when she was in that um that big white room yeah on the spaceship mm-hmm. um she made it when she finally figured out that she had to like mm. say what she wanted or whatever she chose something kind of superficial which mm-hmm. i thought was kind of real you know like realistic in a way you talking about the because she wanted to dance with that one uh, actress or oh that one dancer. show yeah the name is escaping me right now but I I didn't think it was I honestly don't I think it do, it did start as superficial when she was like I want to be dancing uh, here with this person whatever but I mm-hmm. think it it obviously developed to her like her sexuality coming out you know like her her um, sexual revolution. Yeah, I mean it did. Mm-hmm. But when it first when she first said it, it was like, "Oh, I wish I always wish I could have done this." Like mm-hmm. it was it was kind of superficial, superficial in a way until she realized, I think being there, mm-hmm. that she didn't really want what she said she wanted. Um oh, okay. because you know, you're dancing, you're still dancing as like you're still dancing for people. Jo- like Josephine Baker. That that was the the uh the show woman, Josephine yeah. Baker. Um, well, like I feel like you're in a way if you're a black woman in that era, you're dancing mm-hmm. for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um like um not I'm thinking of the wrong words, not hypothetically, <laughs> not theoretically, but like um like She's not actually dancing for everyone, but like, you know what I mean. Well, no. What, what, what do you mean? As a like, as a black woman of that time, uh-huh. she's not like I would feel like she's kind of dancing uh-huh. to please everyone, but not. She's not dancing like she's not actually dancing. Like, there's a word and I can't think of it. Um, not showgirl. Um, you talking about like that type of dancing? No, I'm talking about like metaphor. There it is. Metaphor. Oh, okay. Metaphorically speaking, uh-huh. she's dancing for everyone. As a black woman, mm-hmm. as a woman of that time. Mm-hmm. Um, now, do you think she? Do you think that was her thought process that she's dancing for everyone? 
towards the end when she's having that conversation with Josephine Baker mm-hmm. and they're talking about being happy and stuff and mm-hmm. she's she was realizing how um like how she had to shrink herself and stuff Mm -hmm. i think so i think she kind of felt like she in a way was and even even there i think she felt a sense of um freedom but still you're i felt like you're still dancing for people i didn't i didn't take it like that because um because she was very uncomfortable at the beginning, but she had been very becoming more and more comfortable, and we had never seen her like that in that type of atmosphere mm-hmm. throughout the series. So I thought I feel like that what she was doing was she was actually dancing for herself, mm-hmm. um, but she liked the attention she was given because, as a person, like as she, as you say, she was shrinking, and. What when you shrink, you kind of do it to like not be noticed, correct? Mm-hmm. So she talked about like being shrunken or shrinking herself, and that was uh, that her dancing was a way of no longer shrinking herself and no longer being uh, unseen. She mm-hmm. was just coming and she was doing it for herself, you know. Um, so I didn't, th- I honestly didn't think that it was like it was dancing for other people. I, um, metaphorically speaking dancing for other people yeah when she said like during the episode of how she was this black woman she thought she was different but she just wanted to be like but since she realized she was just every other black person that every white person wanted her to be mm-hmm. i think that in a way that's that is her dancing for other people yeah and then her doing this with josephine baker that was finally her dancing for herself yeah like i said she had opened herself up later in that segment she was like fucking snorting coke fucking smoking weed kissing men and women and shit like that it was like oh shit this is a whole different like hip life that we've never experienced yeah but i, I loved it. i thought that part i thought the segment was great also i i seem to remember hmm. you saying you don't really like bangs on women but when you see mm-hmm. her with that hairstyle i'm like how could you ever think that it like it didn't look good yeah, that type of bangs I do dig. I like. I, I, I guess. I guess the bangs that I don't, like. You don't like, like the rounded ones from the nineties. No, I don't like that. The rounded ones down, or the one that like like Cholas would have and everything, like the super bangs and stuff. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't like that. That looked weird on me. There was that um, looked weird on you. Yeah, yeah, it looked I would weird think on so me. Too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I th- I always thought it looked weird. I just it was just it wasn't just my back, but her like that with like. Um, the bangs down, the hair curl, like the hair curled up in the side and everything. Mm-hmm. Goes, the girl, damn, what's up, girl? That's the always the bangs that I always wanted. Mm, okay, I got gotcha, you. Yeah. I got gotcha. you. Um, um oh, so wait, so yeah. Then I think it's interesting. Like the show kind of flexed a bit, right? How's, how's like so? how's like how's racially. I mean, as if it wasn't already doing that. Mm-hmm. I took notice. Because obviously I'm white, and she's like, I just want to kill white people. <laughs> and I was like, oh <laughs> shit. Are <laughs> um, oh, you talking about the? Um, uh, you talking about like the African warrior scene, right? Before that, right? She was in the bar with uh, Josephine Baker, mm-hmm. and she was saying, you know, I just want to kill people, like white people. Yeah. She was telling it to her, and then all of a sudden, um, she's a warrior. Yeah, I thought that that warrior scene. Okay, so check this out. Um, so that warrior scene that was occurring in the episode that is actually based 
<clears throat> excuse me, that's actually based on on actual like history, like African history. Uh, I can't remember the name of the Af- the tribe, the African tribe, but that is the inspiration for the. Oh, it's called the the Kingdom of. It's the Kingdom of. I wrote it down somewhere. Dame uh, or something like that, or Dome. Uh, and they were called like the warriors of like domain and mm-hmm. they're they're African women warriors like that. Those are the inspiration for the uh, Wakandan Do- ones. Yeah, the Dora Milaje that mm-hmm. shows up in Black Panther. Mm-hmm. So seeing that, and it's like when I f- saw the episode, I was like, "Yo, is she like jumping through time or some shit like that?" And of course, when that scene happened, I was like, "Oh, she's jumping through like different realities," mm-hmm. which that was like badass. I always like a really good story when it's like reality hopping. Yeah, and I did think she was, too, because there was a moment where I was like, she's the original Hippolyta. Like, mm-hmm. she wasn't named after Hippolyta. She is Hippolyta. Oh, yeah, that'd be so dope. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Um, but it, it's interesting to me that that those beings would do reality jumping. Like what? Like what's the purpose? Because you're not changing anything if you're mm. going through different realities. You're just kind of like it's like being on drugs and never being with reality ever again. I think that I I think those beings that wasn't the they were the point they were trying to get from her or they were trying to have uh, Hippolyta accomplished. They wanted her to like seriously like discover herself, and it took reality hopping for her to do that. Oh, okay. I thought it was like that was their world and that was all it was. Oh, okay. Because I didn't see anything else. Mm-hmm. So I thought, okay, if we're going to do reality hopping and mm-hmm. that's all you do, mm-hmm. that there's no point for her to stick around. You know? Yeah. I yeah. mean, I see now your point that she's learning about herself and um, maybe, you know, like she needed that and that they probably need her to realize herself. Yeah. Um, of course, I mean, for all you folks who listen to the show, I'm really bad at, like, pronouncing shit. As a writer, this is a, uh, a fucking, a big no-no. So, I'm going to ask Kelsey, it's called The Kingdom of, how do you spell this? D-A, uh, how do you say it? D-A-H-O-M-E-Y. Um, Dahami? Uh, I would say da, uh, Dayami. Dayami. Let's go with, let's go with Dayami. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They and they had these female warriors that were like the war- warriors of like Dami or something like that. Um, damn. This is this no longer existed too. It's like 1600 to 1904. They dissolved. Damn. Sucks. That was just like two generations before <laughs> yeah. us. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that uh, I think like through or this, three generations. Um, I think this episode. Well, not this episode. That so yeah, she jumps to like this different reality where she's like this warrior and everything. And, um, so it kind of like, it's like a sexual revolution. It's, uh, like her realizing how much of a warrior she is, how much of a badass she is. Mm -hmm. Like she does that really badass speech. Um, after like she, her and (laughs) her and her, her and her warriors, they slaughter like all those Confederate army. Mm -hmm. I was like, yes, I like this. (laughs) Um, and then she says, like, I'm, I'm Hippolyta, but she goes, like, uh, I'm the wife of George. And they transport her to, like, that moment of George. And it was really cool because 
we saw because I remember when we saw them together, like the first episode. Mm-hmm. We, you know, myself, I'm sure Kelsey and other people watched the show. We we're like, oh, this is like a very loving couple. This is like a per- this is like relationship goals. Yeah, you know, but it wasn't it wasn't so perfect after all. No, and and you don't get the sense of like she's like, oh my god, it's George. Mm-hmm. She was happy to be with him, but then she like she by the time was already realizing, hey. Um, you helped me shrink. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and I, I do like the fact that, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I, I have to, oh, I feel like I want to get this out. I do like the fact that, like, George wasn't like, what are you talking about? I didn't mm. help you shrink. He was just, like, trying to be like, no, I knew there was something about you. And then he goes, you know what, you're right. I, I am at fault of this, too. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm just like, damn, this you court to be Vance, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, I liked that she wasn't all like gaga over the moon that she saw him again Mm -hmm. there was like a sense of closure almost where she's like like yeah i love you but i'm not like like i'm kind of already over that chapter in my life yeah yeah. like i wanted i want answers i wanted Mm. answers but um i think i just need to focus on myself now yeah and she even um, And, and she took him with her yeah like he he had been like, if you think about it, he had been kind of like guiding her through life. Mm-hmm. Like she, as she was shrinking, you know, he became, you know, this writer and, and all this kind of stuff for like the green book and everything. And he but, was protecting her. So she never got to go out and experience things with him. Exactly. I mean, and we got inklings of this in the past episodes where she wanted to come with him, but he was just kind of like, well, you know, like, maybe next year, you know, maybe next year you'll come with me. But, like, this time at the end of that segment or in that portion of the show, she, like, takes his hand and, like, now she's guiding him. Mm-hmm. And she beca- I thought, I think out of, um, I think out of, like, all, like, these these steps that Hippolyta went through, I think maybe, like, the sci-fi part where she becomes, like, the sci-fi explorer mm-hmm. that her daughter sees. I think this, that was, like, my favorite part. Cause Mine, it was, too. Because it was so crazy, but it was so fucking badass. Mm-hmm. The way she was talking, again, was childlike. Yeah. Like, because she became her own self. It was like mm. she transcended everything that was already weighing her down, and she wasn't even doing anything scientific. She was just having a conversation with the being. But yeah. It was kind of like childlike the way she did it, which I I thought it was great actually. Mm-hmm. I actually no lie, I was actually thinking about you uh, for this episode. Yeah. Yeah, because like I mean, like I knew you like kind of at the end of at the end of your marriage and everything and what you went through, but like ever since that you split up with your husband or now your your now ex husband. Um, you've grown like as a person like I remember you were <laughs> I'll never well of course we'll never forget this that you gave me like the stink eye when I try to like hi my name's Mark you're like and all that kind of shit <laughs> but like as time has gone by as you've you've you were in a way you were you had shrunk yourself because I told I remember you told me all this stuff that you wanted to become like a singer I think you said you want to be a comedian at one point right not a comedian no I know a singer no yeah definitely a singer um, I wanted to be a firefighter I want to be a stunt car driver. Do you want to be like an archaeologist at one point? Yes. Yeah. See, like all like all like this cool stuff, you know. But like, you know, you you were shrinking your you were shrinking yourself over mm-hmm. time, and then and I'm not saying like marriage is the reason anybody should like. Uh, that's the reason that you're shrinking, whatever. But in a way, you kind of like lose a bit of yourself because you start kissing those those dreams goodbye. 
the I, I actually was pretty shrunk before my marriage. Yeah, and, and then it just kind of made it worse. Yeah, and then once, but and once you know the your marriage ended, you you stopped shrinking. You didn't because you didn't have to shrink yourself for anybody. You were like, I'm Kelsey. This is who I am, and I want to. And I tell bad jokes. <laughs> tell bad jokes. <laughs> you, yeah, but you're like, I want to go do this. I want to go do that. I want to go explore it. I want to check this stuff out. I want to check out music. All this kind of stuff. It was just like. Yeah, actually, I made that comment to you the other day about. Because mm. um, before we became friends, the only thing I ever listened to was stuff that came on the radio. Yeah. And I never really was exposed to any other kind of music. Mm-hmm. Um. And then you're like, you should l- just listen to music and see what you find. Yeah. And then I was like, I'm so glad you told me that. Like, <laughs> I mean, it sounds simple, but I love the music I listen to now. Yeah, yeah, I remember you. And then were- music used to be my fucking life. I, yeah, and I remember you You would say like, hey, like, you know, what should I check out? And, you know, I'm not like a musical expert, but I know what I like. And I was like, well, maybe she'll like this, 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 and there. But I, the main thing I heard, I like was a hearkened on to um was just just try everything just explore and see what you like because what i like you might not like at all yeah and surprisingly i mean you have good taste in music i'm not the i'm not the only person who has said that other people have been like yo she she kind of knows her shit like she knows what's up (laughs) (laughs) um i'm glad you thought i thought i'm glad this episode made you think about me because i honestly felt connected to it mm. in a way that's why I, that's like i wasn't thinking about myself but uh, I, was, I think i was just really invested in it because i was like this is a woman who is learning about herself yeah and i was um i remember and that's the thing like when the episode ended i was like yeah, this, this episode's totally Kelsey's bag. Like, I can see her really liking it. Of course, I hear, like, that you like it. And you just say it's, like, your favorite episode of the season. I was like, this is all her. This is all her episode. <laughs> um, oh, let's, let's, I want to kind of touch up on a little bit on what happened with Tick, with Attic, with uh, Atticus, Montrose, and, uh, and uh, Letitia, or Letty. Um, so Letty's pregnant. Letty's pregnant, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Letty's pregnant. And she dreamt herself in that burning building. And I thought it was really interesting how the fire started from within her belly. Um, if you noticed that. I noticed it, but I didn't really dwell on it. And I, I just kind of was like, it, I did have a fleeting thought about that. Mm-hmm. But it was so quick because I was like, okay. Yeah. That's Atticus's baby. Obviously, the fire shot in her belly because it's a continuation of the bloodline. Yeah, I'm thinking. Yeah, it's 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 a continuation of the bloodline, but it's also I think it's also the continuation of like the destruction that that bloodline can have. I guess, but like I'm sure. I don't know yet what that woman's trying to say. Yeah, yeah. The, so like, I don't want to. I I can't really assume what that's. Yeah. The reasoning is because. I know Atticus wants to be better, but I don't think he actually has it in him, honestly. He, I don't think he... he it's funny, because like, as, the, as the series is going on, he's becoming... To me, he's going more and more unlikable. Yeah. Um, like, there's that scene where Montrose, you know, wakes up the next day. The guy he's been sleeping with is actually cooking him breakfast. You know, he's kind of, like, cool with it. And it kind of, like, stops for a second, because he... The, na- the guy said that, like, his neighbor saw him coming mm-hmm. in. So, obviously, rumors are going to start. Um, and then, well, no, because he's like, don't worry. We were at the bus stop already. She didn't see me. Oh, okay, okay. Um, but then, yeah, when the 
when he leaves and Montrose follows and everything and like he has a shirt open like Attic is putting two to two together and everything and then he in fact he calls like he calls him a fag yeah he calls him a fag I mean it's, it's understandable why he would say that especially of that era I mean th- this is he's not supposed to be like a 2020 character that's more open to that type of stuff mm-hmm. but this is the fact he, he threw that freely out there mm-hmm. like so the rumors are true you're a fag and yeah. I was just like yo Attic you're a fucking asshole dude yeah like all that shit and plus like um well what i did like and it's kind of understandable Mm -hmm. and i know that i'm guilt i've been guilty of it in the past too Mm. the first thing people tend to do when they're seriously like seriously hurt by somebody Mm. is they attack things in a way that makes them seem like like a bigot or whatever oh yeah you know so he's like oh you're a faggot yeah he was really really hurt i'm not saying it's a good excuse but that's definitely a human uh reaction yeah Um, like that's i've done that in the past too oh you're just kind of you've already you've already just just like shot something off about someone like oh like i hate that fucking person because you know or i would like didn't like if i didn't like my brother like when we were younger and i was like a teenager in my mm. early 20s i would make fun of him for being gay oh okay yeah yeah it's just you know like you didn't know better and also like you were angry yeah yeah that's understandable i think i think what that that part reveals about him saying that is not only i mean he's already he's already has like a like a here has a bad relationship with his father um but the fact that like does he goes like did mom know and montrose is like yeah mm-hmm. and I always felt that Atticus saw his mom, like, put his mom on, like, on a pedestal. Yeah. But the fact that, like, that about this happening now, now he's, like, I feel like he's he's questioning that, like, what else did mom keep from me? You know, she's no longer on this pedestal because yeah. she kept this. She kept it. She was allowing herself to be with a man who probably didn't love her because he was gay. Yeah. But the thing that really stuck out about this for me was that when he and Letty were outside mm-hmm. and he was, like... You know, I always thought that he would beat me and stuff mm-hmm. and because he cared about me or whatever. Yeah. Um, or he said that he did, but now I know it's it's not like that. Yeah, I, I think I think that that part was telling of how like Montrose either like Montrose saw himself as Atticus and was like beating himself up mm-hmm. for being like that. Or Montrose didn't know how to discipline, so he thought, well, this is the right thing I have to do. I have to beat the shit out of him so he doesn't turn out this way. Yeah, that's what he was doing. Yeah, yeah. And I think Atticus kind of recognized it, and he's mm. like, I went through all this shit because you're a faggot. Yeah, that is so... And you know what? That's It's funny how, like, I'm sure, I'm pretty sure shit like this happened back then. Like, this is, like, nothing new. Mm-hmm. But it's so it's so it's still so poignant or so strong that like it's still easy relatable today how people are dealing with their sexuality and don't know how to cope with it and instead they turn it into like anger and rage mm-hmm. and instead of just being comfortable and that's just how, like shows how fucked up our society is that i mean now things are different where gay people can get married and people are being more open about that but there still is like a large group of people who are just like you're going to hell just, or they'd rather just punch you in the face. Yeah, just for who you are. Yeah. You know, which is really jacked up. Yeah. Um, so what's your theory on the end of the episode? Like, because Hippolyta doesn't come back. She, like, 
the 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 oh the the Afrofuturism like space i love that's what i want because we were talking about this off air i really like the afrofuturism of this episode mm-hmm. um for folks who don't know Af- it, the, the 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 most the most recognizable form of afrofuturism that's like popular now is like let's say like wakanda from like black panther but this type of but afrofuturism is like pushed up to like the 10th degree it's like super duper hard sci-fi but with like an african twist to it mm-hmm. and it's like so fucking cool because some of it's like really creative really inventive um, so I have to give like the shout out to the people behind the movie who did this one. I mean, the show who did this episode because it's just like, yes, I love it. Like, please bring me more of that shit. I want to talk about um, the thing that no one is mentioning yet in the show, but you know it's there. What is it? D. Okay. She's got some kind of precog ability. Oh, you think so? She made that comic of Olympia Blue. Okay. She was drawing on her father's green book maps. Oh yeah, like all, little. Oh, that's all right. the like wizards and like mm. creatures and all these things. Mm. I almost kind of want to look back at that map. Yeah. And see what she's drawn where. Oh, so you can kind of like start connecting the dots and yeah. stuff like that. Well, I. I I think it's going to be great that next episode. We're not going to spoil it, but we didn't see the episode. But like next episode, I also didn't watch. Oh, it. you didn't watch the the, the next time. The next no. next time, the, the show is going to be focused on her. On D. Yeah, on D. Yeah. Oh, thank God! I know, right? I'm so excited. <laughs> you know, when I saw that, I was like, "Oh, I can't wait for this episode!" Like it's, I, it's so funny because like every episode I've been really enjoying doesn't have a whole lot of the cast. The like it doesn't have a whole lot of. Uh, uh, Jonathan Majors, uh, uh, Journey Smollett, or or Michael Kenneth Williams. Mm-hmm. Not saying they are like bad for the show; they're great. But I like seeing how we are stepping away from them and then exploring more of this world through other characters. One thing uh, about this episode, it had a Watchmen kind of feel to it. How's uh-huh. that? In a way, like it wasn't as as gritty, mm-hmm. but like. Some of the the ways that it was written, like with maybe dialogue or like how it kind of married with um, with sci-fi type stuff, mm-hmm. it, it just kind of made me feel. I think especially because of um, what's her name that was Sister Knight. Oh, Regina King. Yeah, mm-hmm. like, and she was black. Like, I feel like some like I don't know if I'm just recognizing like the strength or like. Mm. I don't know. I just got like a moment of like of Watchmen. Mm. I probably I, I it's not ringing to me right now, but I I I feel like I would I feel like I would recognize it if I watched the episode again. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. I mean, it wasn't like the whole episode. It was just yeah. like a moment where I was I felt like I was being drawn back. Maybe it's the mystery of you know the tower and oh, and everything okay. you know yeah. and then this is so mysterious and it's sci-fi oh, I like you, i kind gotcha. of felt like a like a little bit of a parallel gotcha. not in stories but in just like sci-fi style. afro like stuff oh, okay gotcha um so what's your so hippolyta didn't come through you know she like i said she left with the the inner like the interdimensional being mm-hmm. um do you think she's gonna come back at some point in the show. I think she will. Mm. Maybe it's like a higher being or some shit like that. 
A ball of light. <laughs> She's going to come out with the afro. That Diana Ross looking afro. <laughs> She's looking amazing. Um, She's got to come back. Yeah. Um, I would be sad if she didn't because I feel like she's more important to the story than we know yet. Yeah, I think so too. I think her and, uh, maybe like her and either D or Ruby. Ruby is kind of like really getting into it now. Um, I don't think, like Ruby to me, she's so bitter. I don't think... She's that important to the story mm-hmm. other than, you know, she knows more than they do about who Christina and um, oh William William are. Yeah, yeah. I was actually surprised to see that she still has William, that William is actually still alive. He's not. Well, he's like, he's like comatose or he's like semi-alive or some shit like he's that. Like, he's a vegetable. She's yeah. keeping his body alive so she can use his blood to make the potion. Yeah, that I was like, oh, because I thought I honestly thought it was just like a concoction of like however she can put it together. Mm-hmm. I didn't think she was actually literally taking the blood from him yeah. to like make that. And how she was able to uh, give the vial to Ruby to be that white woman in like, I don't know, like episode two. And that's why that explains why she looks... The same as the lady that was with the dogs at yeah. the, the tower. Yeah, I honestly thought it was just like a concoction of like, you know, sugar spice and everything not nice. Boom. Right there. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I thought. Uh, I, you know what, though? Hmm. Speaking of Christina, she was a little more vulnerable in the short amount of time that we saw her in this episode. Really? Yeah, like I felt like she really wanted Ruby to understand. Like last episode when um mm. she revealed herself she still seemed cold yeah but this episode she seemed warmer like i think she really likes her yeah i was I, like i was on the fence or i more thought that like ruby was uh possibly i mean not ruby uh christina was using ruby um and when she re- when it was revealed that ruby sorry that christina was William underneath, I, I I just started thinking like yeah that's it. But then she said this she said this one line. And I was like all right yeah I think she does care about her. It was uh, Ruby was like you were like just fucking me and she goes like I was using William's body but those were my words. Yeah. So maybe the, maybe she does have some type of feeling towards Ruby and she does even care about her. Yeah. That's what I think too. So that's why she looks so familiar. Who? Uh, Abby Lee. She was in, she's in two movies that you like. She's mm-hmm. in Mad Max Fury Road. She's, oh, the, yeah. she's the super duper like white hair girl. Yeah. And she's one of the models from uh, Neon Demon. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's why I was <laughs> like, why she looks so familiar? And I was, I was like, oh, guess it's going to like this. <laughs> um, Damn, I wish we were doing this show while we, while, when Neon Demon came out. Oh, you love that movie. I fucking love that movie. Yeah. Um, we had so much fun talking about it too. Yeah, that was an interesting. That was a very interesting, interesting jam. It was like every day for like three days we'd come up with something new. Like, oh shit, I just realized this. <laughs> well, I mean, you. I mean, you're the you're the queen of blowing my mind. I mean, you blew my mind and James's mind. Oh, that's a little sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. Um, I mean, all in all, I I thought it was a I thought it was a really great episode. Probably, if probably to me, and I would discuss about it. Probably is my favorite episode of this of the yeah. season. 
Come to the dark side. <laughs> Go to the dark side. We got pizza. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, we can't have pizza right now. Oh, I know. <sighs> <It's> pizza. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, so is that it? We all good here? Yep, we're all good here. All right. was our Lovecraft Country assessment <laughs> yeah. for this week. Um, we are going to go into our geriatric cinematic of 12 Monkeys. You're a very good observer, Cole. We have a very advanced program, something very different. An opportunity to reduce your sentence considerably. And possibly play an important role in returning the human race to the surface of the Earth. License, no prints, no warrants. But he took on five cops like he was dusted to the eyeballs. What year is this? What year do you think it is? 1996. That's the future, James. Do you think you're living in the future? I'm simply trying to gather information to help the people in the present trace the path of the virus. We're not in the present now. This is a place for crazy people. I'm not saying you're not mentally ill. For all I know, you're <laughs> crazy as a loon. The army of the 12 monkeys, they're the ones that spread the virus. Monkeys. He's been living in a meticulously constructed fantasy world, and that world is starting to disintegrate. You haven't become addicted to that dying world? No, sir. He needs help. I think I'm crazy when people start dying next month. I don't belong here. You're here because of the system. I know some things that you don't know. Yes, my son. It came out in 1995, and the synopsis is, In a future world devastated by disease, a convict is sent back in time to gather information about the man-made virus that wiped out most of the human population on the planet. Directed... Hold on, I gotta move my screen. (laughs) (laughs) Directed by Terry Gilliam, written by David Webb Peoples and Janet Peoples. Stars Bruce Willis, Madeline Stowe, Brad Pitt, John Cena, and... David Morse. When you said John Cena, for some reason, for some reason, I thought John Cena. <laughs> it's actually, I me, think me John. John <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think it's actually. I, was like, I didn't see him, but is that the joke? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, John Cena was in the movie. Just nobody saw him. <laughs> um, actually, I think it's pronounced Seda. Seda, yeah, that was a, the Spanish folk. Yeah, that John Seda, the one that I was like, oh, it's that one guy, and you're like, well, one guy, I'm like. He played in Umbrella Academy. He's Diego. So see, now every time I see him, I'm like, look, it's Diego. Because we saw him in something else, too, like a week or two ago. Well, every time you say, when you were saying Diego, my brain automatically went to Dora the Explorer. <laughs> I was like, he was in that movie? <laughs> um, so, Kelsey, what did you think of 12 Monkeys? Um, well... They were all jumping on the bed. Oh, don't. <laughs> one fell off stop and bumped it. his head. Stop it. <laughs> Fucking stop it, please. <laughs> that was meant to torture Mark I and know. nobody else. I want, I want that time. That time is missing now. <laughs> that's, that's Excuse the- me, Mr. Nolan, I have a film for you. <laughs> This will, this will be the setup to that sequel that was that's gonna be in this one like he did for Tenet. James, wait, um, j- just a quick mention on the Tenet real quick. Um, they did like a like a uh, prequel or like a quick segment before 
uh, before like Tenet came out, right? Didn't you say you saw it? it was like a five or ten minute something? Yeah, they had the opera scene, like almost the entire opera scene um, before Star Wars, oh, okay. uh, Rise of Skywalker in IMAX. Okay. All right. I, I, did, I, I had no idea what it was. Okay. <laughs> I was literally thinking, it's like, Star Wars has gone weird. <laughs> like, there's no lightsabers. They're all speaking Russian. Um, okay, so... Uh, so what do I think about well, it? Yeah, what do you think of 12 Monkeys other than torturing me with it? Uh, I was really interested in, okay. in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it kept me engaged the whole time. Um Aside from getting distracted by thinking that um, Madeline Stowe was actually Sarah Wayne Callies. Oh, um, from The Walking Dead? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they look similar, but... I can I, see it. I can see it. Now. Yeah. Um, aside from that, mm-hmm. um, I thought... Like, I wanted to believe you that Brad Pitt was going to have a really great performance. And I was... He t- no, what, I, okay, okay. All right, all right. I was terrified okay. that you were going to be wrong because I really wanted you to be right. And uh, you were right. Uh, <laughs> like, I, I was terrified I was going to be disappointed because I really that wanted sentence to. sentence had me on the edge of my seat. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to see him do something other than be like stone face, like he is mm. an interstellar. Like, oh, you mean um, Ad Astra? Ad Astra, sorry. Yeah. That, that you got the wrong uh, handsome, tan, blonde hair, <laughs> surfer kind of dude mixed up. Um, yeah, like, I was really surprised that he was so great. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you want to know how they got him to act like that? How? Um, Terry Gilliam wanted, uh, Terry Gilliam uh, hired a speech like a lingual expert or something like that. Oh, like, what's it called? Like linguist- linguistics expert. Yeah. He hired that person to like teach Brad Pitt how to talk like that. And that we're kind of like skipping and twitching and stuff like that. Uh-huh. And he found out that all he had to do was take his cigarettes away. Oh shit. <laughs> and he, that's how he started. Really. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so there's that. And then Bruce Wayne, Bruce Wayne. Bruce Willis. <laughs> Bruce Wayne. <laughs> Sorry, it's getting to that point where it's really humid in here and I'm getting tired. Um, mm-hmm. Bruce Willis is always a great actor. Like, I never have any problem with him. Oh, you should see his later stuff. It's god-awful. Like I said, because I haven't seen any of his older stuff. Yeah. You know, I mean, his newer stuff. Oh, yeah, his newer stuff. That's what I mean. Like, um, fucking... Death Wish and shit like that. I think I saw his last uh, Die Hard movie and it was okay. Oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> I think we all like to forget about it. <laughs> it was like kind of okay. Um, he was really good and like there were parts where he seemed normal and then other times where mm-hmm. he was kind of like weaving his head back and forth like he was really kind of crazy too. Yeah. And, and I've never seen him act like that. Yeah, this is like a rarity that he gives up that level level of, of a uh, performance. Yeah, so I thought the fact that you get it was like a two for one. Like you got like two A list actors acting mm. outside of their usual their their bubble or whatever. Yeah, mm. and I really enjoyed that. Um, I enjoyed the whole world in the beginning. I really enjoyed the whole underground world where everything. Oh, the future and everything. Yeah, mm. where you said yeah. you could tell this is a Terry Gilliam film. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um. And and you you're like, oh, I think this is your first one. I think it is my first one, but I really liked that whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um. If you like that, I can't wait to show you Brazil. Brazil's fucking bonkers. I know that one's on the list. I remember. Yeah. Um. But. I did get kind of tired of that world. After a while, it started to become kind of depressing mm-hmm. in a way, um, and I and I was getting tired of it. Like, yeah, yeah, I think I think that was the point with this film. Um, it's, it has like a very what's it called fatalist ending, very depressing ending. Well, I think no, that, no, no, no. It's it's mm-hmm. not it's not because of the ending. I'm talking mm-hmm. about yeah, just the world in general, right? The underground mm-hmm. world. Yeah, yeah. With the scientists and every time he's up in that chair, like mm-hmm. everything is different than it is topside. You know, no, I, that's a, that's that's what I was getting at. That's why I, I think that was the point of like Gilliam didn't want to he didn't want to sugarcoat this movie at all. Like, oh, maybe the underworld is or the underground world is not so bad or something. No, he wanted to make it be like there's a reason why they send somebody through time or why the character would not want to go back at all. Mm. And I mean, near the end, Bruce Willis character was like, yeah, I can just stay here in the present. I don't want to go back. Cause who would want to go back there? Obviously it was, it was yeah. horrifying. Um, so that was one thing for me. Um, I thought it was kind of cool how they usually it, I think it has to do with the acting. Mm-hmm. I would get tired of, um, the therapist and her not believing him for so long except i think there were enough cuts in between like their interactions where he's not with her yeah and also um they slowly gave her information that would make her believe him Mm. like they didn't give her information and then she chose not to believe him like Mm. like that's how bad movies are written and like that happens a lot yeah i felt like it was believable in the fact that she didn't believe him and and it was drawn out on as long as it did mm-hmm. um james uh now your 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 viewing or your history of like watching movies is not as was it less lesson hmm? like short like you you've seen this movie right <laughs> I, I have, um, and actually, <laughs> I know. I've owned this. I've owned this movie for about eight years, and today was the first time I ever watched it. Oh, really? oh shit! It was. <laughs> I thought you. I, that's the thing. I thought you had saw this like before. Uh... No, no, it's my <laughs> first time. It's first time. Oh shit! Uh, I, 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 I literally caught five minutes of it on TV and thought, I need to watch this film. Bought the DVD and then proceeded to not watch it. <laughs> that okay. sounds like I have a couple of unwrapped films. Oh, I got a box full of unwrapped and films. And I'm just like, <laughs> I should watch this at some point. Yeah. Or I have, show it to the girls or something and then it just sits there. Yeah, I have like a box of like Criterion Collection DVDs that I either like just repurchase as Blu-ray or fuck it, they're on the Criterion channel now. Yeah. Yeah. So, so James, n- shit, you kind of just shocked me on that. Uh, what <laughs> sorry, did, yeah, sorry. <laughs> what, did, what did you think of this film as just your, being your first time? Uh, well, I kind of had this thing where, like I said, I saw a, a small section of it and thought, this looks really interesting. And uh, to be fair, it, it, it actually really was a good film, I thought. It's certainly more than I thought it was going to be. Mm. Um I do like Terry Gilliam, but I've always found his stuff a bit too off the wall, crazy oh, okay. in places. Um, but yeah, no, 
I wish we had seen. So you said about the bleak future. I wish not so much the underground with the scientists and their crazy robot eye screen. Yeah. But <laughs> side when you that see was one of my the favorite things. Mm. <laughs> yeah, he's just crazy. Uh, but um, yeah, and uh, again, the performances. It was nice to see Bruce Willis try. <laughs> um, and Brad Pitt as there's, I, I, I made some notes earlier on my phone and there's two notes Brad Pitt looking at that makes me think he could have played the Joker at some point ah, okay. oh. I could have pictured yeah, he would have been, been the most handsome Joker there is <laughs> oh he would have yeah <laughs> just some of the craziness and uh, my other note is too many shots of Bruce Willis's ass <laughs> <laughs> well we also um, got a little shot of uh brad pitt yeah yes yeah they mix it up a little bit but, yeah i don't know i wasn't mad about bruce willis's but because you know it surprised me it surprised me too because he did not have the typical white man butt he was very toned all through his legs too is this what you expect in the conversation today? <laughs> you're the one who brought it up so it was it was yeah, sorry. yeah so so, cool. so let's go ahead and just talk about bruce willis's t- nice tone body <laughs> yeah. i don't care about the rest of his body i just like the roundness of his butt oh my god <laughs> <laughs> um was there anything that stuck out uh for you james that that was really good other than his butt <laughs> uh, well yeah um, <laughs> i really like the scenes in the uh, sort of asylum mm-hmm um, but it always gives me this weird sense of dread when you have a character in an asylum like that. I, I don't know why, like, one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Yeah. Things like that it always get, sets me a bit on edge. But I um, really enjoyed the uh, just the whole him being treated as crazy, even though he's telling the truth and nobody believes him. Things like that. Yeah. And again. I think it would have been interesting. Oh, no, sorry, go on. No, no, carry on, you carry on. Um, I think it would have been interesting if, uh, if if in the film instead of like uh, like there's a couple of parts where you you can clearly see that he is traveling through time, like the scene where he's like during like the First World War I think or something like that, mm. um, or maybe it's like Civil War or something. Oh no, no no I think it's the War of 1917. Yeah and like other other little the, like, yeah up- First World War whatever you want to call it. <laughs> Yeah, and other little hints, but I think it would have been interesting if they took out like some of those scenes, and then just had you watch it because it would have really played with the idea of like, okay, is he really insane or is he really a time mm. traveler? And it would just kept everybody guessing. I feel like so many yeah. films do that already. I like that it didn't do that. Oh, okay. Because I wanted to see his struggle. Gotcha. Like I think that's what made the movie. His struggle, like his struggle of trying to tell people, well, and then and then he didn't know whether he was telling the truth or not after a while. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Like I, I like that because there are lots of films do that whole ambiguous thing, and it's it's not always done right. Oh, okay, I got you. Okay, mm-hmm. I think Gillen might have done a good job, but you know, we never. I mean, other than taking, other than like taking the movie and editing it ourselves, we probably won't, won't ever know if yeah. it still has like the same impact. Yeah. Um, James, uh, okay, this was this your first Gilliam film, or have you seen any anything uh, else? I actually haven't. I've only seen bits of. 
Dave Brazil. Um, and oh, what was the one he did with Christopher Waltz? Christoph Waltz. Oh, like something Santorum or some shit like that. Yeah, yeah. I, I, again, I've seen clips of that, and that's another one I've probably got on DVD somewhere because mm. I saw five minutes of it and thought I need to watch that. Mm. It's probably on my shelf somewhere over there. um so okay as this being your first kind of really gilliam type movie like would you would you be able to stick around for any of his other type films like this or fear and love in las vegas or like his type of like direction yeah yeah definitely yeah um i said i get the impression based on what i've seen of the others this was a slightly simpler film like i say obviously the future scenes were a bit more crazy, but obviously this was very much a grounded film, just going around normal city streets and uh, mm. bits like that. But yeah, no, I, I'm definitely interested in seeing some more. Yeah, I thought it was really good how um, he didn't hold back on like the filthiness of this world. Um, like it's almost like how you looked at the future and then you looked at the past. If like if, if it was like snowing when. Bruce Willis was like in 1996 with nobody in there, like nobody around. You would swear it was like the exact same setting because it seemed kind of like dirty and grimy, like just the way how everything was. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I have to really give credit to uh, the writing is how um, how it really plays with the idea of like Bruce Willis if he is really crazy, like the voice he kept hearing over and over speak to him mm. and you didn't know if, if he was hearing it like outside or if it was like internal um, and then we got that hobo guy mm-hmm. that the vo- that's where the voice is coming from but even when uh, what's his name what's her name Madeline uh, Stell yeah Madeline Stell when she Stel. like when she confronts the homeless guy he's like I don't know who the fuck you're talking about yeah yeah I agree <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, what did you guys what you, I want to hear what, what's your guys' take on the ending, though. I like that it ended oh. that way. It was a bit bleak, but it sort of had to happen that way. Yeah. Um, I kind of... It's like that whole thing. You can't go back and change the past. Yeah, the past has already happened. And- mm-hmm. Um, and that made me remember something I should have brought up in Tenet. Um, okay. Um, the, the whole thing is like, you can't change the past. And his whole thing was, he wasn't trying to change the past. He was going back Mm -hmm. to, um, observe to observe. Yeah. To get information for them on like how to fight the virus, like how to fight the virus, Mm, you know, like who did this and Mm. all these things. And they didn't, um, they knew the whole time. The people in the future, yeah, yeah, they eventually did figure it out. Um, and they yeah. and they sent him anyways because he was going to be the one to kill yeah. or try to kill the um, the guy. Yeah, James, what did you what did you think about that? I mean, you said it was bleak, but it, can you go into a little bit more detail? Um, there was a point when I was rooting for him, and I thought, you know, what? I want Bruce Willis to have this happy life he wants. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, but I got the impression that because um, his friend from the future shows up at the end and gives him the gun. Yeah. And I got the impression that, that was always – it was never intended to shoot the guy. It was always intended for him to die because that's how it was supposed to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought that was a bit 
a bit unfortunate, but um, what do you think about the fact no. that uh, the boy, he like he basically saw himself die, and he didn't even know until that point where he was the adult. Yeah, he could have done with possibly. I, I did like that. It could have done with possibly Bruce Willis realizing it was him, at, maybe at younger self. But um, yeah, it'd be kinda, it would be kind of nice way to bring it all full circle. I think it would be kind of twisted if like as if they had like a not necessarily a POV shot, but like you can see Bruce Willis character looking in the direction of the boy and him kind of going, Mm. we're not really going, Oh shit. But you know, you could have seen it on the space. Like, Holy fuck. I've been meaning to die this whole time. Well, like I'm wondering, is there a point where he looked in the mirror and realized he was the guy from his own dreams? Like he's getting ready. Yeah, I don't think he ever got a quick look at himself. Well, th- no, he had to put the mustache on. Oh, that is true. Well, I, I remember, remember he he was even kind of getting confused. Like he would say, "Oh, I hit them. Keep hitting the mic every fucking episode." Because you talk with your hands. I know. Um, yeah, <laughs> even because like I think I think what what really fucked him up is the time travel amount. Because um, during the movie, he says, uh, uh, "I forgot who was." telling him but how his brain can't be in two places across time at the same time yeah and i think that was kind of like distorting his memory he wasn't able to like put two and Mm. two together Mm. um until it was like maybe too late maybe he'd even figure it out as he was dying like oh shit this was like it yeah Mm -hmm. did any of you did any of you see that coming though like at the beginning when they showed when they showed him as a kid up to like the end was there any point where it was like oh he's gonna see himself die or you put the pieces together before it happened I'll let James answer first. Oh, I, I knew it had to play a point sometime. With obviously with time travel, it's got to come into play somewhere along the line. That scene had a, a bigger relevance, but at no point did I think it would be. I think the uh, that that wig and mustache was a good disguise. So I, I, even I can see it was Bruce Willis. Mm. But um, I, yeah, I knew it had to come into play. I just didn't know how those scenes would play out. Oh, okay. I didn't. Yeah. I, I, I didn't see it coming. However, <laughs> I think that partially has to do with the fact how comical uh, Madeline Stowe looked running with her hair flying back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like sometimes it just looked funny. I think there was, I think for a quick second, I don't know if y'all <laughs> saw this, there's for like a quick second when they show her like, like running with her hand. And it's like a it's like a profile shot, and she looks like she's almost like floating, like like if they That's wheeled her. That's why I thought it looked funny because oh, okay, she was like, and you could see her on the side, and her hair's flowing back, and she's like, no, it looked like she was like on a dolly. <laughs> <laughs> and then all the bright colors, and it's funny because her hair looked more red in a lot of those shots, but then I when think- she dyed her hair, it was blonde. Yeah, maybe maybe mm. that was supposed to lend into the idea of like his memory being like distorted, like him kind of mixing, making, mixing things up. Yeah, mix, mixing a few things up. Well, he didn't forget the part where. Not a... What was that? Sorry, I was gonna say because I'm sure they had a bit when he was thinking of back. He he saw Brad Pitt in his in his dream, his younger self. Did he not hint at that or? Um. I don't remember that. I remember like they were when he was in the chair and they were asking him like questions. They're like, "Does any mm. of this look familiar?" And they did show like a young Brad Pitt. Um, yeah. And he was like, "Oh, I've seen him. I've seen him before." And that's why they were able to like put the pieces yeah. together. I don't know if that's exactly what you're referring to. No, I'm trying to remember now. No, I do think I did see him as like a young. I did see him somewhere, but it was like a flash, and you're not meant to yeah. like mm, okay. stew on it. 
So I'm sure they were hinting that it was Brad Pitt with the ponytail at the airport. I, I thought, that's what I thought anyway, before it was revealed to be uh, yeah, David Morse. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because you know what? Yeah, their that, That's the impression I got. Yeah, because I remember he even confronted him at that at that party scene, and he was and mm. after that whole confrontation happened, Bruce Willis was like, "Holy shit, I'm the one who gave him the idea." So he yeah. probably was like, "Oh, like this mm. is it, this is it." But it's really, it was really, um, what was the guy? It was yeah, David Morse instead. David Morse. Yeah. I, I like how David Morse's character is kind of in the background or like pops mm. up here and there. Mm-hmm. They have they don't really hit you over the head like, "Oh, this is gonna be the guy who." starts the virus mm-hmm. but he has like a very uncomfortable like presence about him like oh he's probably plotting yeah. something yeah um i was disappointed when he opened the vial that nothing happened to the tsa agent that tsa agent was mm-hmm. the dumbest motherfucker ever he was stupid okay james american tsa is 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 something that should be fixed is is it the same over there <laughs> Um, what I want, what I want, to, what I want to know is if I can get on a plane with a virus at, in hand. <laughs> uh, well, uh, when I came back from this, from America last year, they did confiscate a multi tool off me, which I was very upset about. Uh-huh. I didn't even know I had, I didn't even know I had it in my wallet, but I, I see why. But they were very alarmed that I had it. So, a virus, maybe not. <laughs> well, no. Here's the thing. This movie was pre two thousand one. The laws were a lot more lax at that time. That's true, but like. But the guy I'm talking about, the guy was rattling the fucking glass tubes yeah. around, and the guy told him it was a virus, and he's like, "Hmm, let me shake it, see if it'll break." Yeah, like, I mean, well, not even that, because he even say he didn't say it was a virus. He said it was a biological something yeah but i would be like oh i'm not messing with that yeah i know i i do i I didn't i didn't realize this until we watched the movie i've seen like a couple times before this but like the part where uh david morse is about to get on the he's he's checking in and the lady's like reading off all his locations and she's reading Mm. them in the exact order that bruce willis said it when they were questioning him like oh yeah this 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 and this and then at one point um she while he was in the interrogation they were like oh the epic center was like in philadelphia and they were trying to figure out when and then we actually see the moment it becomes the epic center when he pops the mm-hmm. capsule off mm-hmm. and we just see him like breathing i was like oh shit but like, I, i'm disappointed in that scene too because i was like i mean i know it takes a while for a virus to take effect mm-hmm. but like nothing happened and like <laughs> You know, and then he's on the airplane. Like, that guy obviously was on a suicide mission because... Yeah, all that shit was opened up. Yeah, mm-hmm. he was just opening the vial, and he smelled... Like, it was, he was right there, so... Mm-hmm. Um, so, at the end, when... Uh, I'm going to ask both of you... Well, I'll ask James first. Um, at the end, when David Morris is in the plane, he sits next to... Uh, I forgot the woman's name, and then it's revealed. It's, like, one of the scientists that's, like, question question there's been question Bruce Willis this whole time what did you what did you take from that um I would like to know how it gets she gets from didn't she say she's a lawyer I swear she said she said she's, she's a lawyer at she's the time. In, in an insurance she, insurance, oh yeah, she sorry, said she was it, insurance yeah. but she didn't say she was in insurance she said she was insurance oh, I thought she was like saying that, like that's her speciality or some shit like that like that's what I'm Mm-mm, I heard mm. I'm insurance. Oh, that's why I was confused. You know, I was like, what do you mean? What? And they're like, and then you said that too, because you were that, like, 
Oh. That makes a lot more sense. She went from the future and was like, I'm insurance like, I'm going to make sure this shit happens. Yes. You, it's oh. funny. Shit. <laughs> 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 I took it as like a job description. What was that, James? Yeah. No, the same thing. I just there for, oh, well, you know, clearly something changes with her and she becomes a scientist. But Kelsey's just popped the lid off the whole thing. Though <laughs> <laughs> no, the funny thing is, <laughs> you actually said that to me and you don't remember. The insurance there? Yeah, because I was like, what does he what does, what does she mean? And but you're I, like, I, yeah, I, like, I said it in the speciality, like maybe she has something to do with it, but we don't know what. But, it, but, to, but it's actually simpler to that as like... Oh, she went back as opposed of like, like how James said that she was there and then she somehow gets become involved. But no, I was just like, no, she went back because she wanted shit to go down. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck, this movie's sad. That's great. (laughs) Yes. I thought she aged wonderfully in those years. Yeah, exactly. I was just like, yo, you didn't got no, you know, (laughs) yeah, seriously, because like, obviously Bruce Willis is a kid back in like 96, and this is like, from what I read, it was like 2035. I'm like, oh, she she hasn't aged at all. She should probably have been dead by that time. You know what? Because she looks like she's already like early 50s at least. I want, I'm wondering if the virus... The virus has to be... Uh, what's it called? Communicable? I think is the correct word. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, it's like a small vial, and I'm sure it probably like, spreads through, like, contact or, like, people breathing each other, kind of like now. Mm-hmm. Um, so that means that she probably, like... She probably died, too. Because, like, if she's next to the guy, mm-hmm. and I'm sure he's infected. So maybe she got it in some way or... Maybe not. I don't know. I, I, now that you tell me that, Kelsey, I, I want her to die. I want her to I die. I think that's a younger version of her, which makes that kind of harder to explain. No, it was, younger, it was the exact same version of was her. Was it? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Damn. I like that movie more now. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so Kelsey, uh, uh, oh, shit, I got to ask both of you guys this question. Uh, but I'll ask Kelsey first because I want to hear what James says um, after. Um, do you think this film still holds up? Yes. All right. Plus, I like the whole the '90s uh, style that it's got going on with the craziness and that, well, that. Terry Gilliam. I think kind of embodies the '90s style of things. <laughs> yeah, Gil- Gilliam's a man. Gilliam is for people who don't know. Terry Gilliam is like the only American member of the Monty Python crew. Like he's like an honorary member. I don't know what that is. <sighs> what? <laughs> Like, I can drop a bomb on you guys about what happened in a movie, you know, like I just did. And then we're like, in the next sentence, what's Monty Python crew? Oh my God. <laughs> I got to show you that silly walk sketch. The silly walk sketch. It's a classic. Or the fucking, what, Jay, what's the name of that sketch with the one, the, the bird fucking dead? And he's like beating the shit out of the bird. Oh, the, the, the dead parrot sketch. Yeah. <laughs> got to show you that one. Yeah. Um, Classic. So okay, so James, this this is your first time watching it. Do you think it? Do you think it holds up to maybe like today's standards? Um, I think due to the simplistic nature and it being very very much low tech, I think it does. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, with everything going. Oh crap! Well, now it's cold. <laughs> James, can you repeat that? We lost you for a second. <laughs> Oh, sorry. No, I was going to say, obviously, with everything that's going on, it's quite interesting to see all these films about viruses uh, through a different uh, light sort of thing. And I think 
yeah, he was realistic enough and uh, grounded enough that, in like I say, simple enough that it held up. I, I watched it now, and it could be a, I could be watching a current film, really. <laughs> yeah, there's Except like for- a there's like a Davis Morris type character like walking around uh, the con- or walk around the planet, fucking uh, globe trotting, <laughs> dropping off the. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, wait, wait. Um, yeah. I thought it was funny. Speaking of what James just said, how they have that green text in the beginning, and it said there's a deadly virus that encapsulates the Earth or something like that in the year 1997. I'm like, they ha- they have about 13 years too early, <laughs> or no, 23. I said 23 <laughs> years too early. Yeah, um, yeah. I think it still holds up. Um, I still love this film. I mean, like I said, I love it even more the fact Kelsey was like. This is what this meant. Oh my god! Kind of <laughs> um, yeah, I still enjoy it. Uh, it's kind of sad that uh, Terry Gilliam hasn't really got back to the level of like fame that he he was back that he did have back then. He's had a history of like having troubles with his productions or getting his movies off the ground. Um, from my understanding, it's because they become too crazy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, I still think it's great. Bruce Willis. It does do a great performance. Um, I did enjoy Brad Pitt, but then again, I like Brad Pitt in almost anything. Um, Kelsey's just like a Brad Pitt hater. I'm not a Brad Pitt hater. I'm just like act. You can't just be in a movie and look pretty and then be like, "Hey, I'm here." You don't think he deserved that Oscar for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Do you want to die? <laughs> he was very much just playing himself. In that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm not gonna die. You know what though? I watched him on an episode of this one show that the Property Brothers mm-hmm. do because they have like a bunch of different shows. Do you know about the Property Brothers? No. There's a channel called HGTV over here, and basically they're these two twin brothers, and one of them is a contractor, and the other one is a real estate agent. Um, and they both can do each other's job, but that's the role that they chose for the show. Um, and so anyways, these guys have different variations of like renovation shows or whatever, but they have celebrity makeover, celebrity like type show where they'll, uh, a celebrity will enlist their help to renovate, um, one of their friends' homes or whatever. And it turns out Brad Pitt is best friends with his, uh, makeup artist. The property bros? All right. Huh? The Property Bros is Brad no, Pitt. Br- no, Brad Pitt mm-hmm. is best friend with the Property Bros makeup artist. No, with his own. Uh, like, oh, okay. Oh, yeah, you like told me about on, that. Yeah, like on his first movie or whatever, mm-hmm. she kind of took him under his uh, under her wing, mm-hmm. and they've been like best friends ever since. Like they're really, really close. Oh yeah, you told me about that. Yeah. yeah so he enlisted the help of the Property Brothers to help her like renovate, um, like. She had, like, her house, but then she had, like, this structure in her backyard Mm -hmm. that she was using for, like, working out in, like, her makeup studio. Mm -hmm. Um, And they renovated it for her. And, like, um, it was really cool to see him like that because I've never seen him, but he's... Yeah, he basically played himself in. (laughs) Okay. In uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. you never seen him emote as a human being? No, and he's very spazzy. Oh, well, yeah. That's that's why this role is perfect for him. He's super <laughs> super spazzy. Um, okay, so uh, anybody 
Kelsey, you have any final words on the movie, or is that it? Or um, I like the movie. Actually, I would be interested to see it remade. Hmm. They did do a TV series, didn't they? Is it? Yeah, they, they said there's a TV series. They did. They did. They did a TV series. I think it was like three or four seasons, and it went. It, it obviously went like beyond the virus or something like that. Um, hmm. From what I heard, the TV series is actually pretty good. When did that hmm. come out? Maybe like a couple years ago. Oh. I'll say I'll if I if it's like I'll say like four years ago. Like, uh, just to say. Yeah, I don't mean it's that old. Yeah. Um, so James, what's what's your final say on the movie? Anything else you want to add on to it? Well, given that I've been trying to watch it for about eight years now, I'm, <laughs> I'm glad I I'm glad I did. <laughs> I, I'm not dis- not disappointed in it. <laughs> All right. And uh, yeah. All right. Cool. Um. All right, so that's going to be it for our show for this week. Uh, I want to thank James again for taking time out of his day and willing to stay up super late to um, to record with us on this episode. The dog is still looking at me saying, why are you still up? <laughs> uh, maybe we'll work something out where we can try to get you on. Hopefully not too late for you. <laughs> yeah, no, no, that's, that's fine, isn't it? Uh, it, it was nice to have an excuse to go back to the uh, the cinema again. Oh. That was a uh, that was an interesting experience. Thank you for giving me a reason to. Um, was it was it I, a in, uh, was it an indoor venue or like outdoor or anything like it, that? It, 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 it was indoor. I was one of two customers I saw the entire time I was there. Oh wow! I watched Tenet alone. <laughs> I was the only person in the screen. Yeah, I've. Uh, That's kind of a good thing. Yeah, Kelsey and I, yeah. we've, we've been hearing stories about people having like the entire theater by themselves. And um, I think the closest place to us, tenant is playing that is in a theater, is like maybe like 40 to 50 miles away. Um, but fortunately, like it was playing at the drive in, which is like a five minute drive. So we're like, fuck it, we'll just go there yeah. instead. Perfect. You know, Absolutely piss- perfect. Yeah, pissing off Christopher Nolan. Like, You're supposed to watch it in IMAX. <laughs> you know, sends the. The person that was behind us putting their headlights on every 20 minutes or so. Oh, yeah, that guy was a total dick. He's probably listening to this show right now. Because we were at the (laughs) drive-in, so they would put their headlights on. I'm like, why? And it's blinding me. Hmm. Yeah. And yes. Uh, (laughs) uh, Sorry. No, that's not good. Uh, Yeah, so that's going to be it for our show for this week. Um... If you folks uh, want to listen to our past episodes and, this, of course, this current episode, you can find it on all podcast catchers, uh, Spotify, Podbean, Apple. We're on Amazon Music right now. I don't know why I'm saying like a question. Um, yeah, we're on Amazon Music. Um, oh, announcement. Announcement. I, had a, I, I, I teased an announcement last week. Yeah. So this week. Not this week. So what... The announcement is, I'm actually really happy about this. For the entire month of October, we are going to, all our geriatric cinematics are going to be either horror or like Halloween theme. Every single one of them. We're going to try to find a connection with like a recent review and some type of monsters theme to connect it. We don't know what it is exactly. We have like an idea of a few I know there's one that you're not looking forward to. (laughs) Do you want to say what it is? No. No, let me just ignore that for at least for the time being. <laughs> you guys will know which one we're talking about when we get to that episode. Um, so yeah, we we're gonna want you folks to stick with us uh, throughout the month of October 
to see what type of like weird connection that we're going to be able to find to uh, a recent review and horror films. Um, so with that, we're going to go ahead and say that our recent review that we got next week is Death of Me. Uh, it's going to be released on VOD on October the 2nd. There you go. October 2nd. Um, and with that, for the Geriatric Cinematic, we're going to do 2007's Time Crimes. It's a, I believe it's Spanish? I think it's a Spanish foreign film that is uh, streaming on Vudu uh, for free with, with ads. Or you can read it on Amazon, YouTube, Apple TV, or Google Play. That was that clicking noise? I don't know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Maybe it's like the ghost upstairs. Like, stop it. Is stop. it upstairs? I think so. Anyway, so there's that. Uh, the topic for next week is staying the fuck out of the transporal pool. That's another word for time travel. <laughs> no, it's out there. Uh, it's outside. Yeah. Sorry about that clicking, folks. We, do, we, we have uh, neighbors with little kids that don't know how to behave. Yeah, shut the fuck up. Anyway, so uh, we are bidding you folks adieu. We hope you guys are being safe out there. Wear your mask. Wash your goddamn hands. Can we please stop this coronavirus? It'd be, it'd be great. Yeah, please do that before I die. Yeah. And I'd like to stop it now before I die as opposed to like later after. Yeah, we don't want to jeopardize James' life anymore. <laughs> well, as, soon, as soon as it's clear, I'll be back over there. Oh, yeah, oh, definitely. Good. Definitely. <laughs> Can't wait for that. Um, but before we go, I'm going to leave you folks with a very, very interesting story. Uh, when I was younger, I really got into a, uh, I had to call it a salsa phase. I just liked making salsa. It was, uh, my brother bought me a, what's that thing called? Slap chop or whatever? Oh, yeah. A slap chop, which is like a thing you can chop up salsa. Anyway, I was really into it. Tomatoes, peppers, onions, green peppers, all this kind of stuff, right? You can cut up, um, eggs that way, too. Oh, yeah, that's right. Should have put that in my salsa. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but that didn't happen. Uh, but there was one time I made a batch, and I remember it tasting kind of funny. But I had friends over and put the bowl out. They were eating the salsa and everything like that. And 10 minutes later, one of them stood up, like shot straight up. Another one shot straight up. All my friends are like standing straight up, and they're like, holy shit, I have diarrhea now. And I thought, oh, my God, it's the salsa. So they got up, and they ran to the bathroom, all of them at the same time, trying to use the bathroom. And the next thing I said was, leaping, 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 colonics for everyone. All right, you dumbasses. I am a mental patient. <laughs> <laughs>